Uh, yeah, welcome to Ben's Almost Here, the pre-tanked up show, game, game show? Yeah, it's a game show, now I gotta quiz you guys. Um, <laughs> when, what episode number was Adam last on? Oh god, I don't even know that. <laughs> Two, 2.13. Ooh. Alright, are you sure about that? He says, killing time, such that he can look <laughs> yes. up the answer to this question. I don't Absolutely know, how, how, are you even gonna, how are you even gonna look it up? Sorry? How are you even going to look it up? I'm going to assume our site is good at uh, searching. I'm going to put tanked up plus oh, Adam. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where that's going to work. I I have it here. Oh. I think, oh. I think this is correct. Yep. Um, yeah. Any other guesses? 213 was Lucy's. I'm guessing it's. I reckon it's in the two hundreds. It must. It's got to have been within the last year. So, and I think Lucy's probably closest. I'll go two two six. Ben, I'll, I mean Adam. I, I'll split the difference to see two twenty. Ah, see the thing is, everyone two twenty seven. Ben got it within oh. one and didn't go over. Oh, wow. Was but, but 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 Adam still wins. Price is right. <laughs> that you, no, we what. Oh, did he say two twenty? Yeah. No, but I ben, win by default. Ben said two twenty six, <laughs> and so he got a one below. Um, but also, um, what did you say, Adam? You said two twenty. Said two twenty. The one before that was two twenty one. Oh. Oh really? <laughs> oh nice. Ah. So no matter so you're just what, calling me. I was prolific back loser. then. Like mm. One, two, almost yeah. So basically. I suck. Yeah, Thank Lucy's you. wrong. Uh, yeah, that was that was two twenty seven Fall Guys and the Marmalade Climb and two twenty one Ghost of Glasgow. And this is just yeah. a shout out mm. to Ben's nameology, which I appreciate every week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I those I remember exactly what you lot talked about those uh, episodes. Mm. Yeah. So. Uh, Good exactly. so myself. The names the names do <laughs> help us remember slightly what we talked about, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Good. that might be the coldest of cold opens we've ever done. <laughs> um, well, absolutely. it's nice for me to come back and immediately cause shambolic energy to just crash into the podcast. Agreed. Yes. Perfect. That's In a perfect you, place. Yeah. Perfect place yeah. for us to start. From my life week. to yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everybody, welcome friends to Tanked Up. I'm one of your hosts, Ben, it's episode 267. One of the people you can hear is Lucy. Uh, the artist formerly known as Ooh, Lucy. Brilliant. I'm no more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is new to me. A spectre. From, from shambolic energy to uh, depressing energy. <laughs> <laughs> I just go by a simple It was a name. short hop, mm. but we made it. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, we're also here with Adol. It's me. Hey. And joining us this week, as everyone can hear, is Adam. Hey, man. Hello. Back with my shambolic energy, as previously described. <laughs> Perfect. Um, for listeners who haven't heard you for, what, almost a year, I guess. 227, was it? So that's, yeah, 40 episodes ago. Not quite a year, a year? But, but it must uh, be last yeah, summer. Yeah, that would have been... Sometime. July, August kind of time, I guess. Uh, that would have been it's April been 9th. Long. Was it really? Oh four oh nine? Or wait, or is wait no it's day no. month. So the ninth yep. of the September fourth. <laughs> so September. Sorry, September. I grew up on the other place. The place that doesn't do things right. 
and I'm reformed, but sometimes I slip up, and I don't need your judgment. That's fair. No one's judging, but it was yeah. September, so nearly go. So for those people who haven't uh, um, caught up with you for yeah, almost a year, Adam, how are you doing? Uh, well, I mean, everyone's seen the news, right? <laughs> so, so good, then. So in relative terms, great. <laughs> Perfect. Because I've been fine. Um, but yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. Could, could be much, much worse. But uh, a wee bit up and down the usual. I've been trying to keep myself as busy as possible, and that is difficult when nothing is open and you can't go anywhere. <laughs> um, that is fair. But yeah. Well, my year's already better because you're on the podcast. So. Hey. Excellent. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. I hope not to have changed your mind by the end. <laughs> <laughs> you never do. Where the the next episode will be like, my year is so much better because Adam isn't here this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't know for a, at least another week. So let's launch into this week and enjoy your shambolic energy with us. Um, let's open some beers, Lucy. I'm going to start with you because mm. looks like you've already got one cracked. Yep, already opened it. Already on the uh, on the tanked up train. Um, this is. The Brew York beer for their, uh, was it their Freaky Friday oh, yeah. birthday thing recently. This is the last one that I had. Um, this one is actually the 14% uh, Rocky Roads Ice Cream Pastry Stout called The Dream Child. Um, so they had it, was it 11, between 11% and 15%? Five mm-hmm. beers or however you work it out. Um, yeah, this is the second highest percentage. And I found uh, with these beers that some of them tasted the, the same, like kind of a lot like motor oil, oh. <laughs> but good motor oil. Okay. Ah. Oh, the expensive yes. stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, ma- the good premium. <laughs> yeah, the pre the premium diesel that I put in my car and I can't drive around Birmingham anymore. <laughs> you know, the government told me to buy a diesel car. But, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. It, I can describe it in a bit. Um, okay. I've already poured cool. it, so I'll have my tasting notes ready. Perfect, perfect. Uh, uh, Adol, we'll come to you next. What are you drinking? I'd be drinking Thing the Beer. Uh, Thing the Beer this week is by Siren. It is Scattered Light. It is a three-wood barley wine. Ooh. It is, comes in a 440ml can. It's very pretty. Mm. See the wood? That is being referred oh, to. Yeah. So I believe. Can, can, can I guess the woods? Can I guess which woods? Uh, you... Does it say which woods? I mean, sort of. Beach. No, nope, it's not. Ash. Nope. Cut. Oh wait, oaks in there. Oak. Uh, Cedar. Nope. Shit, that's Willow. Willow. Um. Uh, Balsal. So there are three woods. One of them is oak. But what was the last thing you said, Ben? <laughs> James. Uh, nope, not James Woods. Uh, why don't I just read this, the text? Uh, <laughs> our latest take on a style steeped in tradition, caramel, toffee, and burnt sugar flavors built out of a classic malt base with flashes of vanilla wafers, berries, and citrus hop notes. Spinning the beer through cypress, oak, and maple, spirals oh. impacts a nutty complexity, bouncing rich sweetness with juicy tannins in a long, dry finish. It is a hefty 10% alcohol by volume, so I'm starting strong. Yeah, um, I thought you were, you know, leaning away from the Canadian. 
It's the maple. Yeah. No, it's not my fault. I'm sorry. No, I started strong on a um uh beer from what's it? What are they called? Wonder 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 Beyond. Brewing? Yeah, Wonder mm. Beyond. That's the one. Um, which I just thought was like a four percent beer was. Actually, thirteen percent. Oh, nice ships. <laughs> yeah, bit of a difference. Called mango monkeys. Didn't taste it at first, but then mm. you look at the back of the can, it's like, oops. That's oh, the, 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 my head is gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, what's this warming sensation? The excellent of Wonder Beyond. They just mask that booze perfectly. Yeah, yeah, nice. Amazing. Um, to round out the beers, because I know Adam, you may have a, a, a oh, drink, but it's your, the- you're not a, a beer man. I mean, I don't have a beer, but I have this beautiful pint glass. See? Mm. Looks like a stout. We'll say it's a stout. It's nice and cheap, this pint glass. Comes in a pack of four. Um, And the the Pepsi came sold separately, but that's beside the point. (laughs) Now, is this this a maximum Pepsi, or is it a regular old Pepsi? It is a regular. It's blue. It is the blue Pepsi. Original and best. Ah, classic. classic. Mm -hmm. Yes. I much prefer Pepsi to Coke. Yeah, really? Yeah. Coke. Mm. Yeah, I think Coke tastes like Pepsi that's sat on a radiator. <laughs> well, I tend to find that depending on where you go, that I sometimes you know get an upset stomach or that from Coca Cola. But um, oh, okay. But I've never had any problem with Pepsi, no matter where I've went. <laughs> really? Yeah. This is new to me. I, I think outside of. Um, Old original recipe, Dr. Pepper with the sugars cane instead of the high fructose corn syrup. I think um, Coke in a glass bottle with, with cane syrup are, is probably the best, um, like, cola yeah. for mm. me. Mm. I mean, but it's so hard to find in, like, the worst, I think, Coke is terrible um, in the big bottles. Something about it in the plastic and, like, yeah. giving it, a, as soon as it's cracked, it, like... it. You have to consume it quickly, otherwise something goes yeah. wrong. Maybe it is the radiator um, yeah. the, the, that's apparently built in. Yeah, the, the first glass gives you a false sense of security that this is going to be good. <laughs> and then mm. the other glasses are significantly less good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, glass bottles are definitely the way to go if you can. But unfortunately, they're all pricey as hell. So mm. uh, yeah, cheap and plastic is the way. <laughs> that's why I just drink beer. Yeah. This is cheaper than Coke. I think I fucked up. <laughs> Almost is. I, I, mean, I, I bought a pack of Red Bull for like my friend for their birthday. It was like it was like a cost of like carling, and I'm just like, well, yeah, Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might have screwed up on the pricing, Adil, but at least after your four pack of beers, you're not going to care about the price. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I will round us out then. Uh, I'm drinking Arbor's Pocket Rocket. Which is a beer I've had before, uh, a beer I know Adel you've had for, which you may have had on an episode as well, I think, um, previously. Um, I I had no beer. I panicked. I ran to the shop around the corner. Luckily, they also arbors, and I sat in the sun earlier, so I got myself a nice three pack for ten quid. Drank one earlier. Oh, nice. So uh, I'm currently. I'm surprised there wasn't a canteen on like the corner <laughs> shop in Bristol. So <laughs> it's not that fancy. I mean, it's close. It definitely is. 
Did you have to uh, wait if I, if I run to the corner shop, I'm... before you got to the? That's it. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's what yeah. I had to do. It was just. I, I'm not finding luxury any craft beer alcohol everywhere. Mm. I might find a stab wound on the way to the corner <laughs> shop. Oh, who makes I'm that not, one? Not craft beer. <laughs> I mean, stab wound could easily be the name of a craft beer. To be fair, oh, yeah, it definitely is. Uh, ben, I had it uh, on the eighth of January. It all comes back to Hades. Mm. So okay. if you want to know nice. my feelings about that, because I don't remember all the details, go listen <laughs> to that episode. Well, it's 3.9%. Uh, that's all Arbor give us. Uh, Full-flavoured Session Power Owl, brewed with Simcoe, Citra, and Mosaic Hops. That is all they wrote. So, Lucy, we'll roll back mm. around. Um, how's the... What was it? The Dream Child. Yeah, Dream Child. Is it a, I don't is know it what a Freddy Krueger... Style. Oh can. yes, um, yeah. yes. Freddy's on there. Mm. Um, in all his glory. I, I don't know what a rocky road tastes like. To, to be perfectly honest, uh, I don't even remember what they are. There's <laughs> some chocolates or something. I, I don't eat chocolates. So I don't. I mean, I don't know what. It's like a little chocolate cake with bits in, right? It's it's kind of mm. made up of lots oh, of different okay. things usually, uh, and mm. some some of them Is can it a have. Particular? Chocolate? I mean, it might be. There? They've got. I think some of them have biscuit in. Um, okay. Some of them might have cornflakes in. Right. Some of them might have okay, so marshmallows in. I, I I don't know. I don't. I can't compare it to a Rocky Road, unfortunately. But you you are definitely getting the ice cream um, flavors in it. You're mm. getting sort of like mm, vanilla, maybe a little bit of strawberry as well. Um, let me read the fla- a bit of the flavour text. It says uh, chocolate, marshmallow, and caramel, really. So, okay, those are the flavours you're meant to be getting. I'm getting a bit of vanilla, a bit of um. I imagine there's lactose in here. No, it doesn't look like it. Just malted oats by the looks of it. Oh yes, there's there's lactose as well. So yeah, definitely getting that milky, um, slightly, I guess Neapolitan ice cream kind mm. of flavour. In it, um, okay. It's when I say said motor oil before. It's because these literally poured, looking like motor oil, like very little head um, at the start, and it quickly dissipated. But it is very, you know, looks gloopy and viscous. Mm. But upon drinking it, it's not too heavy. Um, in terms of its like alcoholic uh, like content as well, it's like. Even though you can probably tell, yeah, this is, you know, an imperial stout, just from, like, probably more more from the sweetness and the sugar that's in it. Um, mm. In terms of strength, it, it you, you couldn't tell me that it's, like, 14%, and I, you know, blind testing. Couldn't tell you that. Yeah. Um, you're probably looking more around maybe 8 9%. Wow. Mm. That's, that's quite something to bring it down that much. Yeah. As I say, it's probably the sweetness that gives it away, um, the strength away that much, because I just imagine if all the alcohol, it's probably get hard to get the sweetness down, especially, you know, if the lactose and whatever else they put in it to make it, you know, that caramelly, marshmallow rocky road or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. So, Fair. But yeah, it's nice. nice. Um, I, I think I, I think I prefer the Brew York beers that are, I probably prefer, prefer the Tonkoko range. Mm-hmm. To be quite honest, just because they seem a little bit more reserved, 
they've obviously gone for it and it's their birthday and it's these are you know beers that they won't um brew on a regular basis but i i think i just love the tom coco series i think i think they get the balance really right because i'm not a massive fan of sweet beers mm-hmm. and this is very sweet so i think i think um with the tom coco series no matter what the strength they still have that kind of bitterness just pairing back that sweetness yeah and yeah but it's good it's good i'm glad i bought them glad i tried them good cool this is the last one mm-hmm. yeah it's good nice I mean, I think they make the best stouts in the country, probably. So, these high price proof that yeah, this is just proof that they can do it on an even stronger level and mm. not make them uh, unpalatable like some some beers that have definitely gone to like fourteen, fifteen percent um, would be. So yeah, yeah, good job. Good, good. Uh, Adam, we'll come back to you for the Three Woods barley wine. I can't remember what it was called. Scattered. Literally. Something. Well, it's a three-word <laughs> barley wine. It's called Scattered Light. Right. I believe to signify the dattling of light through, mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. a wooded with three types of trees That's in it. Nice. Um, okay. So it's... it's You can smell the alcohol. Nice and sweet. Uh, almost no hit head on the pour. Almost looks like a berry juice. It's got that, uh, like, a strong red tone to it. Yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. see that just, just where it catches... Uh, the light. Yeah, I mean, it's still clearly beer, but it's just quite red, and there's almost mm. a pinkiness to yeah. it, at least yeah. in this it's light. Like a, if you're a bit bloodier, I would like have thought that was a Ribena. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> just like a slightly too orange Ribena. It's just mm. not quite rich enough in the reds. Anyway. Mm. Um, it's yeah. like that Flanders beer that I had last week. Mm. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. The nose is quite sweet, uh, a little bit of vanilla, um, and you get some. you get that maltiness from the barley wine right away. Um. Oh, it's been a while since I've had a barley wine. <laughs> Expect it to be yeah, strong. Good. Yeah, but think mm-hmm. barley wines. It's a, the because there's like those like caramelly toffee sweet notes. They kind of mask how much of the sweetness is probably just like the pure unadulterated alcohol at ten percent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it, it melds really well, and so you end up having this really like slightly vanilla-y, light caramel, slightly burnt, and then kind of like a like if you had uh, like a, um, a bit of shortbread that was covered in a caramel. Okay. Uh, and there's okay. just not quite enough shortbread such that the caramel's kind of too much. Like you wouldn't like the biscuit. It's that yeah. level. That's like the biscuit eatingness is there, but it's quite toned down. Um, and it's letting all these other um, more toffee multi notes come through. So there is mm-hmm. biscuitiness, but it's 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 sort of reserved. This could go down really quickly, especially on a hot day like today. Nice. Um, Even at ten percent. Oh, I can't tell that ten percent, and it's quite <laughs> thin. Uh, like if you like, because there's almost no. Um, Carbonation. Uh, it feels like I'm just drinking something quite light. You can kind of tell again. There's a the viscosity when you like. If you think about it, you can tell. Oh yeah, this isn't just like a juice or a water. Um, but other than that, it's just it's sweet. It's vanilla y. Like I said, it's got that toffee that's sort of helping pull it away from being sickly sweet. Just mm. that slightly more burnt, or more toffee than caramel notes. Uh, and there's yeah this this zip of um, 
my my brain wants to say key lime, but I think it's actually more like a more like a regular lime. It's just the sweet. There's also all the sweetness, so that it's got this this fresh um, citrus, just sort of right, like like a sprinkling on top. Like it's sort of there the whole time, but it's quite light, and so it's only when the main taste starts to fade that you're like, oh, that's what that that crispiness was was citrusy. And then it fa everything else kind of fades away, and that's when this sort of more malty, biscuity, um, toffee flavor lingers. And actually, now that I've been rambling enough about it, uh, the finish is, is quite like that burnt toffee is the thing that lasts the most, mm -hmm. um, yeah. which is very satisfying. So might be the key to me drinking this slowly is because mm. I'm quite enjoying this really long sort of burnt caramel toffee um, sweet uh, biscuity finish. Nice. Okay. Yeah, it's very good. Sounds Amazing. Good, yeah. Good. Um, cool. I won't linger on Pocket Rocket too much. Um, it's a beer that we've... What she said. Uh, um, <laughs> chatted about before. Um, but it's 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 a very easy beer. Um, but it, it's such a light... I think it was 4%, 4 point, no, 3.9%. Um, it's very, very, very light. light. Super sessionable. And it's got this kind of almost instant mix of grapefruit and lime as its sort of main flavor kind of running through mm. but almost instantly you're hit with this lovely bitter pininess to it so it starts off you know the initial flavor is a little a, a, a tad bit kind of bitter but super citrusy really really limey as well and then it's just like bam here's a bitterness here's some piney bitterness and that mixes with that grapefruit and that lime and sits very nicely and then just lingers a little bit and it dries out reasonably so you then want to kind of go back in but it's that mix of then like lime and that piney bitterness which is the kind of the big finishing note that sticks around and whilst it's dried out and whilst I want to reach for it I don't have to because I'm still getting that sort of limey, piney bitterness lingering around that, that just that little bit. So um, I think it's Arbor do some very good kind of not one note, but uh, um, they do very good beers, which kind of go, this is the flavor. This is how you're going to experience yeah. it. We might just move on just at this little bit and that's it. That's what you're going to get. Because they do like single hop beers mm. a lot of the time. Though. They yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, I when think you said just... "bam," I thought you were making an E3 re reference to the Connect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm, not quite. Well, that's very timely. Yes. Oh yeah, I get that. Would have been, wouldn't it, with uh, with it around the corner? I mean, who? I mean, where, where the fuck has E3 suddenly come from? It's just like, oh yeah, it's here. It's like, oh yeah, so it is. It seems who like a, a trash fire. I've been reading like uh, <laughs> the whole E3 portal thing, and it seems like there's a new live stream from a different publisher every day yep i'm just gonna watch the euros and not care <laughs> that seems fair that seems fair i did go onto their um media registration page to try and register and then read that all that actually does is get you some like high quality assets doesn't get you any uh, yes. uh, any kind of access to anything additionally and it was saying like if you are this, please provide us your credentials on letter-headed paper from said company. So I'm like, can I can't be you. fucking bothered to do any of that sort so of shit. Can exactly, you like we did exactly. And then everyone, ago. everyone knows where you live, and you're fucked. Yeah. 
apparently uh, they only have like uh, he him pronouns on everything as well. Oh really? She uh. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what, is it? When's Pride Month again? Um, no. It, we no. may be in it. No, that can't. They could possibly have. No, it's just he him. I guess. Like, I guess they 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 just else. went straight to the G in LGBTQ. You know what, I'm so outraged by that, I'm just going to leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do need to turn my light on, though. It's getting dark, so it's two seconds. It's actually so bare, but... Oh my god, he's actually... <laughs> he's done. He's had enough. Last one. It's actually, it's actually so bare bones, it's... You'd think the intern put it together, but that's even... I, I think the intern would be, like, kind of... Be- no, and more excited about it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that sounds very professional. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah, it's no, I, I love that. <laughs> Just like <laughs> you actually got up and... <laughs> Which is what we should do with most of the uh, controversy that we talk about. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, if I mean, we, if we, we get they time. Don't put that basic level of effort into including yeah. half the world, like, why bother? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> if we if we do get time, I might have a bit of a controversial topic to talk oh, about. Oh. But I almost want to get that spicy. first. All right, let me no, no, yeah. let's, let's 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 leave that one. We'll, we'll, we'll come to that Are you worried moment. that we'll all get up and leave Ben? Though is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just be left well, doing the it's... rest of the podcast yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of those where um, we all think very very similarly about certain topics and things. Um, but I just wanted to bring some things to kind of to light to 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 to, to give to our listeners who may not be quite as into beer or video games because it's, it's something I want to talk about which kind of crosses across both things at the moment as well. Uh, but we'll uh, hopefully find ten minutes at the end just to to get to that. Uh, but go for it. Sounds important. I haven't got me. Bits you ready. don't have to know, but I'm just saying. I'll, we'll make we'll make space for it. Is what we're we'll saying. We'll make space for yeah. it. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Uh, let's kick off then, Adam, as uh, you are joining us this week. Uh, to talk about a very specific topic, yeah. I believe. S- speaking of making space, uh, spaceship game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. El- Elite Dangerous uh, Odyssey came out uh, two weeks ago? One week ago? Two weeks ago? Yeah, about that. Recently. <laughs> it came out recently. <laughs> um, and I was very fortunate that Out of Lives managed to get a code and I was given it to play and hopefully come up with some things to write about it mm-hmm. and I had a bit of a problem <laughs> trying oh. to trying to figure out how I would go about writing about it because mm. it being an expansion on uh, you know an MMO in the style that Elite Dangerous is um, I couldn't think of a good way of doing just a review of the content of it alone without talking about the wider game and mm-hmm. yeah that seems fair. Yeah, and Elite Dangerous in particular, I have a very, I have a soft spot for. I've played a lot of it over the years since it came out, and uh, Odyssey's not gone down particularly well overall with a lot of the fans <laughs> of the game. Um, oh, yeah. this is how you know. It's like yeah. I, I don't know anything about Elite Dangerous, but I've heard about the controversy. Yeah. So, and it it follows yeah. a very similar kind of very elite dangerousy pattern in the way that this goes and I was trying to figure out the right way of kind of expressing the problems it has while contextualizing why those are there and also Mm -hmm. trying to 
compare it slightly, which is something I think I've done before when if I've talked about it on this podcast or on mm. uh, some of the other ones I've done, uh, which is comparing it to Star Citizen, which has a very similar beginning and arc to it, but it's the polar opposite in like every conceivable way. <laughs> like since then, they both started as uh, Kickstarter projects to get funded in twenty twelve. Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen, both in the same year. From 2012? Uh, yeah, that's when they were kickstarted. Elite was in... Um, Elite's been in development at Frontier for a long time before that, as a sort of background project, while they were working on other games that they were been publishing, because Elite's been... Uh, Frontier Developments has been around since uh, 1998. Mm. Um, and oh, so right. they've been... They've been planning, basically, to make another Elite game, kind of since... The last one that they made, which would have been kind of around that time, I would imagine, or maybe even before, before Frontier itself became what it is now. Um, so they've been making other projects for stuff. Uh, there's like a Wallace and Gromit game and some other licensed projects and stuff like that. There is some stuff on there that I've recognised the names of when I was looking it up, but I haven't wrote them down because I'm an idiot. I have a nice wee fact sheet here, but I forgot to write down uh, a couple of the other things that the they've facts. made <laughs> yeah. that isn't recent. Uh, so they were, they were working on it in the background for that, and then, and they were struggling to find a publisher to take mm. it, the you know the last kind of hurdle and let them work on it full time, and so the the solution they came to was, well, Elite was a you know a beloved franchise and a bit of a cult following from back in the kind of early eighties or the late eighties, uh, so we'll go for the Kickstarter model and see if we can get the money we need to kick it on and then self publish it, and that's the kind of arc that they've went down and then. So Elite Dangerous, the the proper version, uh, came out uh, in the 16th of December 2014. Um, so, so they actually released 1.0, here's a game to buy. Mm. Um, and uh, Star Citizen yeah. didn't. Still. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and so like, there's no way of escaping the fact that, you know, Elite Dangerous has gone on this arc and Odyssey does have a lot of problems that have came about, some of which are almost too predictable that with how everything's went and the kind of see the history the developer has with working on Elite that it's kind of sad, but also some new ones that suggest that maybe a few things have slipped or that maybe the pressure of needing to release this to keep themselves afloat has kind of gotten to them after a while. But I can't help but con- continuously keep in the back of my mind. Yeah, but at least they released it. <laughs> I, I always have this kind of comparison narrative running. That yeah, because yeah, I do have a soft spot for Frontier because they've also made uh, you know a couple other games that I really like with the Planet Coaster. And oh, it's Planet, like Planet Coaster, yeah. Right? Which are you know Planet Coaster is a like a roller coaster tycoon style game that they made. Mm. Planet Zoo is obviously the same, but for running a zoo, you know, and, and they make good stuff. And Elite, obviously, I've played a lot of. Yeah, so I do have a soft spot for them, but that doesn't take away the, the genuine criticism that there should be. But also, I feel like you need to give them that, that bit of credit that they've gone about this, yeah. quote unquote, the right way. And that they've worked their way on the game yeah. and they've built it and they've released it. And you can either buy it or you don't need to buy it. So, so this expansion was that also in early access, or did they just uh, push that out? It, it went through uh, 
alpha and uh, beta processes, which is what all okay. of them have kind of done. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, Elite Dangerous back in 2012, that's the only time it's been kickstarted. Everything else has been okay. paid for. Regular funded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that, that's the other side of it as well. So the original game came out in 2014. Uh, the first proper paid expansion for it was uh, Horizons, which came out about a year later. In fact, a year later almost to the day. It's the 15th of December, 2015. And it was the 16th of December, 2014 that the original came out. And Horizons added a character creator so you could create, you know, like your pilot image. It added planetary landings, which gave you a, a vehicle called an SRV that you could have in your ship. And you could go and you could drive about on uh, planets. Specifically kind of rocky and icy ones that didn't have atmospheres. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of the limitation. Um, they had ship launch fighters added. They had multi crew, which is uh, in ships that are big enough. They have like two seats or three seats in them, so you could have someone join you in your ship and go about doing stuff that way. And they could control like some of your weapons that are turreted and all that. You could set them up that way, or they could launch in the fighter and go about and help you in combat and things like that. Nice. Um, and as well, they added a different kind of mission, which is passenger missions. Uh, uh, and since then everything they've added to the game has been free until Odyssey launched okay. this year nice. with the exception of uh, a kind of cosmetics store thing that they've added which gives you like, paint jobs you can change the colour of like your lasers and your engine trails and you can uh, buy like ship kits which is like adding big stupid spoilers and stuff to the like as if it was a car, right? Yeah, you know, th- think nineteen ninety nine Honda Civic with a big fuck off wing <laughs> in the back, and that's kind of what ship kits are like. <laughs> hey, we don't yeah. have to have another week where we mock the lovely Honda Civic. <laughs> we had a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, so the idea uh, it being an MMO, I should explain. I will explain properly what that game actually is in a second. I forgot I missed that part. Yeah, I, I still have. I, no yeah, idea. I've skipped over that part. But yeah, so apart, I know from, it's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So apart from you know adding in cosmetics, which are entirely optional, they're not gameplay related in any way. They are just cosmetic stuff uh, as a way of you know making a bit of money on the game. Mm. The in terms of releases for Elite itself, this is Odyssey is the second expansion that they've released. Mm-hmm. And that's not a lot, considering that in that time they have never stopped development on it. It's been through a lot of changes since 2015. Uh, mm. Not all of for them an, went down for an MMO. Well. <laughs> Yeah, you, you kind of, of expect a, a yeah. pattern of every couple of years, don't you, for them to push yeah. out the next big sort of update. Yeah, kind of like what FF14 does, right? Like there's yeah. a new expansion coming out yeah. in October that you'll have to buy, and that's how you'll get access to yeah. in-game content, etc. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, adds, it raises the level cap and adds a new area yeah. and dungeon and some enemies and whatever, and a bit of story, and yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, so I'll explain what Elite Dangerous is <laughs> before I forget again. So what Frontier did is it's a hard sci-fi, you know, it's very scientific based using proper data and models. And what they've did is they've made a one-to-one scale Milky Way galaxy to explore and Jeez. run about in. That's like 400 billion star systems. That's uh, bad yeah. And to date, less than 5% of that 
has been five uh, percent of those have been visited by players so far. Um, I mean, what? Yeah, so it's it's the fact that it exists at all is an achievement. It's very itself. cool. Yeah, it's massive. It's absolutely insanely huge that they've managed to pull that it, off. It, it sounds like like the reverse No Man's Sky, where <laughs> that was hated outside <laughs> out of the gate. Yeah. Whereas this had some goodwill. Yeah. And it's sort of like you know the reception to the uh, expansion. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead of where you're going to go, but. Why? Why is the backlash so strong um, for a game that is like seem to be lauded and loved by people? Is it because they know that they can get a higher standard? Or it, it's a combination of a couple of things. The first one is frustration, mm-hmm. I think, because the people who love Elite Dangerous play it like an MMO. They play it every yeah. day yeah. or most days, they pl- or every week at the minimum. They put thousands and thousands of hours in and they do engage with it on kind of every level and yeah uh you know i've played a lot of the game i don't play it to that extreme in the sense that what tends to happen with me in terms of playing it is i tend to play it quite a lot for a few weeks you know i get the itch that that's what i want to do i'm going to do something and I, i get in i start doing things and then a couple of weeks go by and I have to pull myself away from it. <laughs> um, mm. And then it'll be a while before I go back to it, and that's kind of been my arc with it. I kind of play it quite a lot for a little while, and then come up, drop mm-hmm. off and come back to it. And, you know, it's it's always been here in that time. So part of it is frustration, because the game has always had... you When you play a game that much, you always run into its limitations very quickly. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. You see the areas where it needs improving, and then every player is different. You have all different uh, things that you can do. There's ship-to-ship combat, there's just trading, you can go mining, something I've written about for Out of Lives before. You know, there's bounty hunting, there's missions, there's all this. There's exploring as well, which you can set yourself up in a ship and just go out to see the interesting stuff that happens to be out there that's been modelled and is you know, realistic and all the rest of it. And there is a lot of good stuff to see, but you butt up against the limitations that it has. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, inevitably, true. like every game, you want to see it improve. And if you enjoy a game in that way, you want to see them improve the bit that you like to play. <laughs> yeah. And so... And yeah, and so the, the this pace of the change in the game is quite slow. And... There's two main reasons for that, which is, one, the scale of the game is huge. Mm. There's a lot of procedural generation in it. Mm. There's a lot of real scientific data and stuff that goes into it. Um, you know, there's a, and there's all these various systems, because as I say, you know, the, the Milky Way galaxy that they've created is itself massive, but there's also a lot of stuff to do in it, in the sense that you right. have a... You have a trading system, you have ship combat, you have mining, you have this, you know, and all these missions, and there's a simulation going on of what what's called the bubble, which is, you know, kind of all the human-inhabited systems, which are all in a kind of, you know, spot about this big in the massive Milky Way, <laughs> uh, where all, and, you know, and there's a, there's a whole politics system, there's companies that build the ships and things like that, all the... F- all the systems have various factions in them that control different 
you know, systems, they control uh, the stations that you can go to or the planetary outposts and stuff. And they give you different missions and they're all competing with one another. And that's happening on every system that's inhabited in that whole place. So there's all these systems running yeah. constantly, simulating all this. So any I can't even comprehend. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, like, of course, anytime you want to change something, the potential <laughs> problems that you create in breaking something else that to the outside, yeah. obviously as a player, looks completely <laughs> unrelated. Because, mm. you know, you don't see the back end of this stuff, how they manage to piece it all together and make it run. Mm. Yeah, so they, they ch people go, oh, you really need to change, you know, try to think of something. How much reputation you get for missions so that you can progress up the kind of faction ranks and things like that. And they go, okay, so we've, we've adjusted that. But for some reason, every time we adjust that, this other thing breaks over here. <laughs> Yes, um, and now we so they have to spend all the time working out why that happens and if they can stop it happening so that they know whether they can put it out and you know so they, and so for that re the scale of the problem is so huge in that regard that of course it takes a lot of time and a lot of people yeah um absolutely and the one of the reasons that that becomes a problem in itself is frontier developments are they're an independent studio mm. you know, they're they're listed on the stock market. Uh, bought here as well. Tencent bought like nine percent of them in twenty seventeen okay. or something like that. Where is it? Shouldn't they get ten percent? Oh, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, in twenty seventeen they bought a nine percent stake. They're listed on the stock market. Uh, you can uh, buy. Yeah. You Which can changes everything, yeah. as we know. Yeah, you can buy it's shares in them, but they're an independent studio, so they're not sitting with, you know. A, Epic yeah, yeah, like that, and yeah. Epic Games or like Amazon Studios or whatever, with their many, many billions of money that they can throw at all this. And mm -hmm. I've seen listed as well that as of uh, the thirty first of December twenty twelve, so last year, they had six hundred employees at Frontier. That's in total across. Okay. I'm pretty sure there's three development teams at Frontier at the moment. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'd say that's still the, yeah. decent size, you know, two hundred each. But for the for the scope that you're yeah. talking about, like, yeah, and yeah, I've no way and uh, two hundred each per team potentially. But the six hundred employees is the entire company. Not all of them are going to be developers yeah. working on True. the games themselves. And we, yeah. we've no way of Someone's knowing just making the team. Yeah, how big mm. each of the teams are at any one time. So there's mm. obviously there's the elite team. There's the planet and then there's series the dangerous teams. Team. <laughs> but I think all of the teams are dangerous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's the, the planet team that's worked on Planet Coaster, Planet Zoo. And I'm, I'm right. sure there's another team as well, because they would have made Jurassic World Evolution, and I'm sure they're working on something else. Um, they, that might not be the case anymore. That's kind of speculation. But there's at least two teams, and I reckon there's mm -hmm. three. I'm sure there is a third one. Well, there's a there's there's kind of there's there's a potential yeah. of three teams, and maybe that that third and a couple of other people sort of shift their uh, yeah, their, their time quite yeah. a lot between, dependent on what's what's needed. Whether that's yeah. all of their QA currently works on X, and then they all shift yeah. over to them when it gets to that stage, yeah. and then they go back to you know, I would imagine they need a huge with elite just QA constantly. Yeah. You, you would imagine so because it it definitely needs it so so yeah so 
those kind of two kind of main threads of the the size of the game and the kind of limitations of game development and that there's only mm. so many of them and there's only so much money that they can throw at it at any one time creates yeah. this kind of trying to think of a good analogy the weighed down progress and that everything that they make is very slow to come out so changes are very slow to proceed and unfortunately when they do make very big changes they tend to run into issues when that launches which is what's happened with odyssey and so it's inevitable particularly because expectations are very high just in kind of the game develop and the video game kind of world in general particularly with like the the thqs and stuff of the world kind of falling away there isn't a lot of Mm. you know slightly buggy a wee bit kind of games anymore the expectation is that even the small games are very well polished they're just scoped small to compensate yeah. for that yeah. yeah and there's you know so there's you either get the very big budget games or you get the wee tiny games and there's not a lot in between a lot of the time and you you say it, thq fellow but have you heard of biomutant <laughs> <laughs> i have, have and i've not heard the... good things about that either <laughs> funnily enough very... although i don't yeah. <laughs> it's it's there's a massive gulf though between yes. triple yeah. triple A polished Ghost yeah. of Tsushima uh, or Last yeah. of mm-hmm. Us and you know yeah mm. and th- there's a big gulf in expectation as well yeah and I think with everything yeah this is a topic a wider topic in general but with the world as it is there's so much content and everything else going yeah. about that everyone has a lot less patience for stuff that's not mm. up to whatever they deem their standard for that yeah. thing so you're not going to listen to music that you think is a wee bit naff or that doesn't hit the right notes for you and and like podcasts is a good one if you go onto a podcast and the audio quality you feel isn't good enough. You're not going to listen for very long. On mine. I agree with that. But I think it's also like, you know, you don't have to love everything. It, it oh, feels like not. the people yeah. involved in like playing Elite Dangerous, they're already invested. So it's not like, yeah. as you say, people mm. play thousands of hours. So there may not yeah. be an alternative especially on this scope and where they've invested so much time with so yeah i think maybe that's more of a if it came out it's like you know this isn't everything we meant it to be those people might have just started waiting for star citizen <laughs> and been just like dead <laughs> mm, in but, their but, yeah, seats but, skeletons that, waiting. Yeah. yeah this is exactly why star citizen becomes such a brilliant comparison yeah. point for it because for all Odyssey is launched, I should tell you actually what else has came out. So Horizons launched the 2015 with the, the planetary landings and stuff that I mentioned earlier. In uh, the two years for that followed, they added two alien civilizations to the game. Uh, one is an extinct civilization, so it's kind of the remnants of them that have appeared, that you can go exploring ruins and stuff like that. And the other one is one that's familiar to elite fans, which is the Thargoids. Um they started kind of showing up and then people started encountering them and then conflict has come out of that since and that's a big part of the kind of narrative of the universe of Elite. Because mm-hmm. um, this is set within the universe of the previous games so it's just a mm. few years on from the last time. So the Fargoids had gone away 
no one had known where they went. They weren't sure if they'd gone extinct or if they just pissed off to the far corner of the Milky Way somewhere where we couldn't find them. That's where and I want to go. At... And so part, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I would join them definitely. And part of the story of Elite is it's been progressing very slowly over the years as the Thargoids reappearing and the conflict that's came up because of that because certain systems are kind of Thargoid systems where they appear a lot and people are trying to develop resources as well. Very similar to a lot of the stuff you read about and the conflicts that happen in the, the news on the Earth now. Mm. You know, it's, it follows that very realistic sci-fi kind of through line of all this stuff. Uh, then there was a series of free updates called the Beyond updates and they launched kind of over 2018 and into 2019. Um, they improved a lot of the core gameplay mechanics. So there was improvements to like the crime and punishment system that updated that. There was a big update to the mining system, which is actually one of the things that prompted the article I wrote at the time about it. Because mm-hmm. um, it went from a very basic but very therapeutic thing to having a lot more in it that you had to explore and deal with. Uh, because they overhauled it, they overhauled the exploration, they added new kinds of missions and stuff, and they updated the, the visual engines. So, like, the procedural generation for the planets and everything had much higher quality assets, and they'd updated everything based on how it had worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what Odyssey has added um, is one of the things that was forever the, yeah, yeah, but... Star Citizen, okay, it's not came out yet, but it has this, and Elite doesn't have it, uh, which was okay. being able to get out of the ship and walk right. on planets and I have mean, that first person mode. Does Star Citizen have that? Star Citizen yeah. has yeah. Uh, nothing because it's yeah, not real. Star yeah. Citizen has nothing because it's not out yet, exactly. <laughs> but the, the promise of Star Citizen was always um, that, that seamlessness. So, because I remember being blown away by some of the the demonstrations they've shown of it over the years mm. and, you know you're you walking along getting into the ship flying out of a station with it landing on a planet getting out and walking about and you can walk about inside your ships and star citizen and all this kind of stuff um, and elite's taking its first kind of proper step into that realm by adding being able to walk steps. on planets yeah mm. it's first proper steps by adding steps exactly where you can walk on planets the, the planets that you can land on has been expanded slightly to include ones that have light atmospheres. Uh, again, the, the hard sci-fi reasons that you can't just land on planets with proper atmospheres, Earth-like worlds and things like that, is because, you know, they'd set them on fire and blow up their atmospheres by doing that <laughs> because of the, the engines and the ships. Um, so the fact that you can now do the light atmospheres is a, you know, a big step forward, a big change. And with that comes first-person shooting mechanics, all new missions, uh, new settlements to go mm. to and explore. Um, they added a taxi service. <laughs> oh, fast so, travel. It's not fast, <laughs> but it's a taxi service. Uh, there's exobiology as well, so there's there's new things to go explore and find and you know take samples of and catalogue in the same way that you, when you were using just the ships, you would go to a system, you would scan it, you would see, oh, there's this planet and this mm-hmm. kind of planet and this kind of planet, and you would go and scan them for more detailed maps of them and sell that data on, and that's how you would upgrade all that stuff. So they've added all that stuff, but for being in first person, as well mm. as yeah, yeah, uh, you can get out and look at your ship, 
you know, you can get out in the stations and there's a whole new area where, you know, you when you land in the station, you go into the hangar, you can get out your ship and then you can go into an area where you can pick up missions and stuff and yep. do all that. And, and that also comes with a whole array of guns and uh, suits and tools and stuff that comes along with all that stuff. So they added a yeah. huge amount. Because I was yeah. looking at like the, the screenshots when you said Elite Dangerous Odyssey, and I was like, yeah. I don't. I was thinking, I don't remember this being a first-person shooter. But like, yeah. just... it, it, up until Odyssey, it was. Yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> it was. Like... It was a first-person ship shooter because you're sitting <laughs> in the pilot seat with the controls, and that's kind of that's always been the Elite way. So this yeah. is a big step it, it's, outside it's, of that. It's a massive undertaking. I mean, yeah. just looking at it, like. Can't say anything to the gameplay. Just looking at like the fidelity and like how much detail has gone into these environments and the guns and yeah, just just everything. I I understand why you want to give them clemency and like give them that birth to like correct things. And it's like yeah, to get this you know automatically correct out of the gate, especially when it seems like it's been something that's so community focused and you know maybe some stumbling blocks along the way and just, you know, constant iteration. It's sad to see that this has made the news, let's say, because the only reason why I heard of it is because of the negative backlash for a company that's trying so much. Yeah, Mm. yeah, it's it's been review-bombed. It's all mostly negative on Steam at the moment and that kind of thing. For fuck's sake. It's... from what you've been saying, like I read that headline, I'm just like, oh, what happened? Oh. But you know, yeah. knowing what's you know the team size and what's happened and yeah. how much how much of an undertaking this is, it's it's, it's sad yeah. to see, yeah. Yeah, and Elite has a particular pace to it as well, which mm-hmm. is slow. <laughs> is the answer? <laughs> Everything takes a while because it's based on it. The fact that you have faster than light travel hasn't sped things up very much. <laughs> um, I mean, that's still not fast. <laughs> no. So the likes of I said the taxi service, so it's got Apex, uh, like interstellar travel or something it's called, and so you can get shuttles to locations. So obviously, get out on your ship. You can pick up a mission, and you can basically be ferried pretty close to it if there's a settlement or something nearby. And you can fire yourself about that way, which costs, you know, credits in game and all that. And the way that that works is that you book the the shuttle, it arrives eventually, you get the elevator down to it, you get in it, and it flies you there. Mm. Exactly the same way as if you did it, but the NPC pilot is doing it for you. <laughs> and and that's very much and that sounds crazy and ridiculous to everyone else because everyone else, exactly as Ben said, fast travel perfect, it just take you to the place you want to go and that's not how Elite works it, <laughs> it very much follows that kind of it, it's it's as close to real as anything set in the 3300s can be <laughs> at the moment Right. Um, so yeah, so if you want to do anything you have to go to that place and it takes time to do that you know, if a you jump into a system and the planet you need to go to is, you know, 50,000 light seconds away from the star, you have to travel there. Yeah. And then you have to land and then you have to, you know, do all the the stuff that you want to do there and then you have to leave the planet, you have to escape its gravity, then you can jump back to where you were going in the first place where you got your mission and then you have to fly back to that stage. You know, so everything in the game takes a lot of time and that's part of the beauty of it. 
and part yeah. of why everyone gets really angry <laughs> when yeah. the thing that they go to do doesn't quite work properly. Yeah, I just or think of uh, you, right. run, you run into a crash or a bug, or oh, you, you find that, you know, that <laughs> because you know the, there's no way that the the first person shooting in Elite Dangerous was going to be anywhere close to like a Destiny or something like that. It's not that quality. It's not right. that level. It's functional. It's fine, but it's not anything particularly special and that's yeah. the kind of weirdness of it because odyssey is in itself you know a full game that they've developed essentially all of that stuff that you can do would constitute i don't know something equivalent to a mass effect game minus the story mm. <laughs> you know which would be the only thing they have to add uh, but what made them chase that dream then like because you reference star citizen but like they shouldn't hold themselves to that standard because it's it's not even oh. right. Surely, like, was this a Kickstarter uh, stretch goal or something? Like, <laughs> no, because the, the 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 Kickstarter, as far as I haven't actually looked at it specifically, but um, you know, the the Kickstarter was to make another Elite Dangerous game, and yeah. compared to the old ones, the the original kind of version of Elite Dangerous that launched is pretty much that. It's it's a ship based simulation of the Milky Way, but it was in three D and it had this huge simulation that they'd never managed to achieve before. Mm-hmm. You know, for obvious reasons, and that's kind of yeah. and that was where it started. And I think the reason they keep chasing this dream is because, like so many people, they are big sci fi nerds who like the all that stuff okay. and that's why yeah. you keep ending out in that place I, um, just to just to sort of bring in, in another kind of equivalent to it I don't know if you've come uh, across much of EVE Online Adam um, I have read plenty of stories about EVE Online mm. but I've never yeah, played I think it. that's everyone's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well like EVE Online came out in the early 2000s um, 2003 4, 5 somewhere around then and then um, CCP, who have continuously developed EVE Online and brought out tons and tons of um, expansions for it, and it, that, that you know, EVE Online seems to follow the, that sort of like set MMO um, sort of strategy that they have a big sort of like content drop every X amount of years, and things yeah. they just get updated in between. But CCP also developed uh, a game called Dust Five Hundred or something. Five. It, it was an odd number. Anyway, uh, and it was meant to be this like tied-in first-person shooter, so it was like a team deathmatch style kind of game with first-person shooting, where factions battled each other. You fought for various different corporations, and that then had an effect in the game of like Eve Online. Yeah, and it died very, very quickly. It was dropped very, very quickly. Yeah, CCP, and that must have come out maybe like ten years later, uh, early two thousand tens. You know, thirteen, fourteen, something like that. Yeah. I never um, knew that they did that for yeah, Eve. And they they then announced that they were working on another first person shooter game, um, and I don't know whether that was a similar sort of thing as Dust, or whether they went right. We just want to make this like completely separate co-op shooter it's just set in the universe we've got all of this lore and all of this story and stuff and we can yeah. just sort of make kind of whatever games we want and i think it's part of uh, frontier it's just like flexing a little bit isn't it it's like we've done this we've done this for so long what does everyone kind of want to do next and they're like 
we'd love to do a first-person shooter-style thing. They go, cool, start storyboarding it or start putting down all of your notes. Let's brainstorm it and get it sorted and see if that goes anywhere. Yeah. It's strange because one of the first things that you think of when you get over the, oh, I'm in this big ship and all these space stations and I'm out in space and doing all this stuff, is the first thing you think is, I'd like to get out and look at the ship. Yeah. Mm. Or the station. Or uh, like, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't necessarily follow that you have to add the shooter element to it. Yeah. In that regard. Yeah, that's the part I was... Yeah. But at the same time, Elite Dangerous, having Dangerous in the title, does lend itself to that because it's essentially a first-person shooter in the sense that it's just spaceship based because that's what the combat yeah, is. Mm. You, you know, you are first person in the sense that you are the pilot in the ship. If you look down using the, the free look in the camera, you can see the controls. You can see kind of bits of the cockpit around you. Um, you know, and that's what you're doing. And and that way, it's it's a natural extension of that in that, yeah. in that way. But as I said, you know, they've, they've essentially created what is for all intents and purposes, like a whole game in it, in and of itself. Yeah. And they can't really just uh, bin it off like Eve did, or like Star Citizen even did with their, like, was it Squadrons or something, whatever that was called? That get binned off, didn't it? At one point. I the, mean, uh, the Star when Wars... you say did, you mean they... Because they, they were creating a first-person shooter thing. He's done with Star Citizen also had yeah. a thing called Squadrons uh, that yeah. was going to do this essentially the same thing and was a fork of possibly a different game, possibly a different game mode. Who knows? None of it exists. Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly the tone I talk about, Star Citizen. Is. Yeah, who knows? None of it is real. <laughs> um, yeah. Give us £5,000 for a ship, though. Oh, <laughs> oh but a ship only you will be able to ever have in a game um, that will never exist. It's like so NFT. Technically, it, it's really? true. Yeah, it's like an NFT at this point. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's true, though. Like, the only you give us £5,000, no one's ever yeah. going to have this ship that we sold you because no one's going to ever have this ship. Yeah. <laughs> the only difference so far is the market for Star Citizen hasn't crashed yet. Yeah. <laughs> Amazingly. Yeah. It turns out yeah. that... Um, New tech bro grifts aren't as good as old school grifts. Yeah. I just continuously promise to make a game. And um I mean we could have a whole podcast separate again about Star Citizen itself and, yeah, I and, mean, that's and a... that whole thing. I give it very kind of short shrift. But there is an interesting story to that that uh Alfred to everyone here knows yeah, gives a wee bit more of the benefit of the doubt analysis than I do. Um, <laughs> uh, not in Alfred, the, you're wrong. Yeah, not in the sense that you would ever invest any money in it, but in the sense that it's not... I tend to... F- I jokingly call it a pyramid scheme. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, which, it's not even a pyramid scheme, yeah. because it's... Pyramid schemes only work because you get the benefit if you hoodwink the people below you. This is just grifting. yeah. This is old school. It's not even a Ponzi scheme. Like it's yeah. not even the thing that we we yeah. think is the way people get hoodwinked. It's, it's just, it's just give scam. us money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. then and then you're like, uh, uh, how come you haven't given me the thing? It's like, oh, because I'm gonna make it yeah. better, but I'll need some more money. I yeah. paid twenty grand for SS boat team at Boatface uh, <laughs> McGee's Space yeah. Queen. Yeah, I want to fly that ship in Star Citizen. Uh, so Alfred has a very 
very benefit of the doubt, kind of positive outlook in that that comes from the, why why chase the dream? <laughs> but for Star Citizen developers, the dream isn't just creating the the vision of the game that they have; it's the developing the technology. Yeah. So his kind of his kind of sermonization of it is that it was not intentionally a scam of give us more money and we'll make a game. It's yeah. that every time they get so far some new technology comes up or some new idea appears and they go, perfect, bin all that that we've worked the last three years on. We're going to remake this system this way because this will be the best way. And that just, that cycle just repeats and repeats and repeats. Except we know, like, we saw Duke Nukem Forever. We saw saw games do this. And they fucking, they came out, but also... (laughs) Even if you are doing this, you're terrible at your job because you've seen <laughs> that no game can come out well by continuously cycling and scrapping and cycling and scrapping. Mm, so yeah. either you are yeah. grifting people or you're an idiot and you're grifting people by accident. I don't yeah. know, but look at the guy who literally went into space like yesterday or something, Jeff Bezos. Oh, Amazon God. was basically an idea that he had that he sold to people. And he was like, just loan me money yeah, for this. Yeah, no, but that's not actually... You know? So Amazon was developed in the garage, except he also had a lot of money. No, no I know. <laughs> I'm saying he was like, yeah, this the- is a concept. <laughs> I'm going to be in debt for like the next 10 years. Lo- except loan he me wasn't, money. because he didn't because he didn't borrow any of the money on himself. And the only reason he had the capital was because he had rich people I know, on but hand. Amazon was just, not a profitable I, I, I com- company. For years, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying. That, that, I know like, what you're the... saying, but I'm just. It's like <laughs> this is the proof of concept. <laughs> Maybe uh, this will be a. a I, basically, no, but... <laughs> it's a video game. They're not going to sell the engine or the concept or the assets even for like ten quid afterwards because technology will improve so far in the what is 2012 well, also, now. If they were... Everything, as, yeah. as Adam said, everything that they had then is thrown out the window. It makes no sense. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's even worse because, like, if you're Crytek, you blow all your money on an engine and then you sell it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Um, but it turns out they've literally admitted that new tech has come along and they've thrown their own shit out mm. and yes. bought the new tech no, no. multiple there's not, times. There's not even any so there's wor- no way wor- that they're going yeah. to make profit outside of the game and yeah. the game is already... There's not even any league. code anyone would buy at yeah. this point. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know about them buying technology. I mean, I think they should just the... sell codes to Elite Dangerous. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they might as well. Yeah. I mean, that would be better for everyone if they did that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's I, I don't know... It, I don't know enough about the ins and outs of how Star Citizen is made. I think we can all agree <laughs> it's made. Dumb. Um, that's kind of Alfred's kind of more positive spin on the whole thing, whereas mm. I'm very much a cynic in regards to that. Yeah. Um, let's let's uh, um, let's Bring pause. Back. Let's pause for a moment, um, and um, let's crack open some more beers. Or uh, as Lucy and I have done, I drink the beers that we have uh, started to crack and talk about them. Um, <laughs> and then, Adam, we'll return back to you for sort of, I, I guess, kind of like final rundown of, of, of Odyssey and wrap it up. And we'll move on to... Oh. I'll try to keep it brief. No, no I, ge- I genuinely want to have a, um, 
Adam on for a star citizen podcast. That's it. We'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Bloody interesting. I would be happy to talk at length about the thing I don't know a lot about, but if we, I have feelings. I will do the research. I have feelings. Oh, could, that, yeah. That's how the internet works. I'm a white man with feelings. Oh, no, I must I, be hurt. <laughs> if we do a star citizen special, I'll do a deep. Di- hey, I'm unemployed and I'm a fucking researcher. I'll find some facts. Your next PhD will be on star citizen. <laughs> <laughs> oh no that would be amazing um oh. right beers uh, lucy <laughs> what have you cracked what are you drinking uh, i'm gonna crack another one because i actually Ooh. wanted to talk about this. this other one is a malt garden um mm-hmm. blended thought you had malt garden the other day didn't you ben? yes very good uh, it was very nice yeah yeah um malt garden's always good this is a back on my New York Trail. Oh. Uh, this is from Equilibrium. 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 Mm. Um, and it's called Super Fractal Laboratory Set. Oh. So I've, I've had the Fractal. This is the Super Fractal. And it's a tipper. It's 10%. Um, nice. It's a pint. So that's dangerous. Elite An American dangerous. pint. Uh yeah, which is how much is that in mils? Is it smaller than that? It's smaller than I find. I think I think I think an American pint is half a liter, right? Is that what we've worked out? Five hundred mil. Five hundred mil. Yep. Oh okay. Wait, yeah. What's four four forty is a UK pint? No five. uh, Arba will tell me five six eight. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, it's the other way around. I I always I know one one's basically a half a liter and the other is more, and I never remember which one. Yes, uh, America sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's got really pretty cameras. So. Oh, the controversial takes are coming out in this podcast. <laughs> Star Citizen, scam. America sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got uh, some nice, um, we call these things, microscopes. and It's a very pretty cam. Um, yeah, uh, I don't think there's any flavour text, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. just a triple India pale ale. 10%. Nice. Cool. Um, I, I see Adol sort of staring at discriminating things. I will jump in quick because I have cracked mine. I'm drinking another Arbor. It is um, Midnight Blue, which is a stout at 5.8%. Another beer that I've had before. Um, but this just tells me full-bodied stout with flavours of dark fruit, molasses, and roasted malts. That's it. Thanks, Arbor. Cool. I'll come back to that in a moment. Adol, uh, what are you opening? I've got something from Little Critters Brewing Ooh, Company. Oh, nice! I've never heard of them. Uh, which I've never, I've never had anything from them. They're from Sheffield, um, and my literally the the corner store club. This feeds entirely into Luce's theory about Bristol. The corner clo- <laughs> store closest to me, um, the place where like I'm going to the park and I can get a five like tins of Stella because it's just going to be in the sun and drinking in the park. Uh, that that place, the place I usually go for just random beer, uh, they've started carrying random craft beers. They carry the Siren, um, which I had earlier. Uh, yep. They do Wiper and True, always have. They do Arbor, um, but now they've got Buxton and they've got Little Critters and a couple other ones. Um, so 
Craft brewer I've never seen before. Yeah. Random corner store. They, they've been oh. going since 2012, apparently. I've, yeah, I've I, seen I, them. Kind of. I've seen them more and more down here in Bristol, but in like bottles and books, in in bottle shops rather than. Oh, so I've else. definitely seen them. I've just never noticed them. Ooh. Possibly, possibly. I mean, <laughs> well, they've just maybe I've, only been in there I'm just this saying, year. I've never heard oh, okay. I, I wouldn't be surprised that because they also, if they just came to Bottles Books this year and they just showed up at this, uh, at, um, who's it? Galley's. Galley's is the old name. The place down the road. It doesn't matter. Um, it makes sense that, like, maybe they've just pushed into from Sheffield to Bristol. Mm. Um, but it is a Imperial Espresso Stout. Oh. A mild 8.2%. Uh, it is the King Crow. Which look look at Mr. Crow. <laughs> <laughs> How could you not have bought this beer? Yeah. Does he have a knife I've... as well? <laughs> Buy this beer. He doesn't. He doesn't. Um, but I do have a soft spot for Corvids. I said Corvids. Mm. <laughs> a term that's no longer good. It used to be great. Smartest type of birds, Corvids. Oh really? Yeah, I mean crows, yeah, ravens, it, yeah. Yeah. that family. Oh, oh yeah. that's a family. So they're all corvids. I thought it was a type of bird. Yeah, because I was like, I thought crows no, were right. really smart. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, smart, yeah. So crows and ravens you, you are the same wrong. family. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah, you weren't wrong. It's just yeah, yeah there's no corvid bird. Okay. It's like the, yeah. the family doesn't matter. <laughs> just gonna pour the genus. You pour, Lucy. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go. Let's go back to it's very New York pretty. for a moment. Um, very pretty beer. It is very orangey. Um, yeah. I think I think a few weeks ago I I compared like the aroma to like some of those um you know very very um what do you call it like juice bomby cloud water beers mm. that were around yeah, a few I weeks ago. That. Yeah, it smells gorgeous like those tropical notes. Very very sweet on the nose as well. Sweet and malty. Mmm. That's good. That's real good. It's very smooth, as we've as we've talked about, you know, the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And beyond, like that water quality is just nuts. It's just so soft and drinkable. It doesn't taste like ten percent. So mm. I may be very silent to the or very loud, <laughs> uh, depending on how it goes in the second half of this podcast, but. It does look lovely. It is, and it tastes lovely. It's got real softness, real pillowiness. It still has those like tropical fruit flavors. It's got like that, those piney and cedar like notes that are just mm. pairing that sweetness back. It's not. It, it, you you smell it and you think, oh, this might be too sweet. This might be too malty. But it's not that at all. It, it it's just incredible how they, you know, get you in with that kind of smell entice you with that kind of smell and then it still managed to like have that kind of journey in the taste where it's like sweetness pineiness at the end a little bit of bitterness just that soft water quality all the way through this is good i i can't remember how much i like the fractal but i think if it says fractal on the can just pick it up <laughs> you know it's, like, <laughs> it's very good it's it's dangerous though, like ten percent. Hmm. I mean, dangerous, yeah, elite dangerous. But <laughs> how was I saying with the with the brew York beer? How it's like, 
Oh, it do, you know, it doesn't taste exactly like 14%. You can tell it's, you know, you can still tell it's an imperial strength beer. This, I think, it has the same, you know, warmness from the alcohol as I was talking about, like the Wonder, Wonder Beyond. Uh, Beyond. Yeah. Mm. Uh, beer that I had earlier, but it, if, if if you said someone, to someone, oh, this is a 7% beer, it's a bit malty, a bit sweeter, you could trick them. Get them very yeah. drunk. Be quite funny. <laughs> I mean, don't do that to people, but yeah, don't um, do that. Also, do not ask them for several thousand pounds to buy a ship. <laughs> 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 One that may or may not exist. <laughs> Go team it, space face. Yeah. Um. <laughs> right, Arbor. I've just. Sorry, while well, Ben sips. Um, I just realized NFTs are basically paying for uh, a token that's stapled to the thing that you're <laughs> pretending you're buying. So actually, you can sell an FF NFT to a Star Citizen ship because you're really just buying the token anyway. So it doesn't matter that the ship doesn't exist. That's true. It's like the yeah, ultimate no. NFT-able thing. Oh, no. What you know, doing? I'll stick to what physical goods. I've combined these two things. I'll buy a, an Among Us-looking uh, McNugget for... <laughs> You know, like 50k. Yeah. That's physical goods. And I'm sure at some point you can buy uh, Among Us looking McNugget (laughs) that can just be a cosmetic item to hang (laughs) in the cockpit of your Star Citizen (laughs) ship, which doesn't actually exist. Yeah. Oh, Ben. So it's just that was, markets on I thought markets you were just going to go Among Us cosmetic suit or something and you, you, you went the extra mile and I appreciate it oh markets for days um, <laughs> I wish I right. had money to waste oh my god <laughs> uh, <laughs> NFT stands for not fucking tangible by the way <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> um, this beer I won't linger on it. Um, it's exactly as they say. Dark fruit, molasses, roasted malts. I'm getting all of those things. A little bit of blueberry. The molasses is a little bit more... Um, it's, it's a bit more sort of leathery than kind of licorice okay. on the scale of kind of like molasses. Mm-hmm. Um, That's too sweet. But the Sorry, roasted... Ben. I, I missed which uh, brewery that was. Oh, it's Arbor again. Oh, Arbor again. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Midnight Blue. Um, yes, which I don't think I've actually had. I don't think I have okay. Which is why I was really. It's a, it's another um, core beer for them. Yeah, I, I think I've I know I've seen it, but like I, I was trying to think, have I actually had it or? I don't think is I. Have. It, is usually when I'm like ah good old Arbor, I think like like Lucy said, like the the single hop, these like really bursty, flavorful things, and so I think it's I've seen it over and over and be like, yes. oh, I should really try their stout. And then either there are, like, really interesting stouts yeah. that are, like, like it's almost like their reputation precedes them in a bad way for me. Because mm. I know them so being very good at the things that don't feed into good stout. Mm-hmm. And I just, so I just, so again, I'm not avoiding it. I just keep not quite getting there. With well, I, I would say it's a very... It's a very sort of standard stout. Yes, it has those extra sort of flavours in them, but it's not doing anything big. It's not mm-hmm. a big sort of punchy kind of stout. It's a, it's got a lovely sort of more syrupy, uh, almost uh, mm. as you were talking about uh, um, with the um, the stout you stout had earlier, flavor. Lucy. 
Who was that by? Oh, the oh, Brew York. York. Brew York. Um, it has a, a little bit more of an oily kind of mm-hmm. uh, a quality to it. So it's a little bit more full-bodied. Mm. And the flavour is there and is quite nice. But it's it's just kind of like, again, here are the flavours. This is what we're doing. And that's it. You're not going to get very much more from it. And you know exactly when you read on the back of an arbor, they tell you exactly what you're going to get from them. Which is which is great, which is fine, yeah. and it's a very nice stout to drink on a, a very warm day. Yeah. Um, it sits very kind of nicely um, this hey, evening. So. Yeah, hey, you know what? Like um, Arbor up in you know Marks and Spencers most of the time. Mm-hmm. I'll always pick up the Cafe Creme because it is yes. very nice. And yeah, you know what? When you're short of beers, you can't go wrong with an Arbor. You can't Absolutely, go wrong. Mm. definitely. Definitely. Uh, Adam, we'll jump back to you then for the Little Critters. Yes, Little Critters, King Crow Imperial Espresso Stout. Mm. So the first thing I will say is it, it poured really well, kind of a minimal head. It feels like it's got decent lacing, but honestly, I thought at 8% it would be a little more clingy, a little more creamy looking, mm. a little more, a little thicker head. But that's, I mean, just, just like my gut on Imperial Stouts. Uh, it Its nose is... There's something almost clinical in it. Like, it's got this roasted coffee base layer, but there's something else there that's cutting above it. It's really, like, hard to tell what that is, but it, like I said, it's almost clinical. It's like there's a, a smell that you, I can't quite place that you get in, like, a vet's or a doctor's like, office like or a place that's freshly cleaned. Um, coriander. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it might actually. It might actually just be like a, like a specific scent that I'm associating with those spaces because they've been cleaned with it. And again, it's not doesn't smell like cleaning cleaning product. fluid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but it's just there's there's something about it that just reminds me of that. I usually kind of get that situation. when I like smell like licorice. Oh, it's like, mm. oh no, it's not anise at all. Yeah, that's what I usually get. So I'm not a massive fan of. Licorice. It, it reminds mm-hmm. me of medicinal, like kind of. Yeah. So yeah, this is yeah. not medicinal in the sense of medicine. This is like clinical in the sense of places that are often cleaned a bunch. So almost like cleaning so- solution, but again, mm. not that strong. Ugh, grapefruit. There's, mate. there's something in there. Hmm? Grapefruit. All cleaning <laughs> fluids just grapefruit. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, grapefruit. Um. I definitely still have some barley wine on the tongue. I can feel those notes sort of coming in, um, and they're fighting with mm-hmm. this coffee. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's. I think it's an espresso stout. Yeah, it is. Um, so it's lighter. It's eight point two percent, but actually the alcohol is coming through a lot more, like the sweetness from the alcohol. Okay. Yeah. So this tastes a bit more sickly sweet, alcoholy, which goes really well with. Quite a like um. So the the coffee taste is bitter and kind of burnt, but it's also sort of a step lower than you would think for an espresso stout. Mm-hmm. So you're getting like a rounded multi, um, not biscuity multi, but just like a some multi taste that's got some burnt coffee underneath. Uh, that coffee is very burnt. Um, and there's a sweetness sort of in the middle, if that makes sense. It's kind of malt, sweet, burnt, which is a, a really good balance, I think, because 
the sweet is making sure the burnt isn't off-putting, but the this is burnt coffee. Let, there's like no, not a lot of toffee. There's no caramelly notes in this in this like stout. It's just very burnt forward. But because it's burnt forward, but all those notes are like a step below. It's again not overwhelming the other things. The other things are going to mm. help rounding it out. Um, it's it tastes stronger in the sense of again that sickly sweetness. It it feels more viscous. Mm-hmm. Um, I would actually say the two beers are probably very, f- more similar than you think in um, carbonation. Okay. In the sense of the, just that, but that's mostly because the barley wine was sort of way less carbonated than I would have thought. Mm. This is kind of a little more carbonated. Like, oh, I wish I could show you that it's still bubbling in a way that you don't normally see in, in a stout. Usually it's sort of, you look at it and it's like, oh yeah, there's a head. And this I'm like yeah. watching bubbles arise. Mm-hmm. So it's a little more effervescent than... That I'm used to, and I think that's helping with the sweetness coming out. I think the bubbles are helping bring the sweetness of the alcohol out, and and again rounding out that really burnt forward flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it all makes it very easy to drink. Okay. Hmm. Sounds like there's a lot going so on. So I wouldn't. So yeah, yeah. I, well, I think there's like two or three going things going on. My biggest complaint, I think, is that they don't stay there. They understay their welcome. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. So what ends up lasting is that sort of more sickly sweetness, just because that I mean that's just the alcohol yeah. uh, mostly, so it's not going to fade as fast, and the rest of the flavors kind of fade a little quicker. So you have this slightly more malty finish. The burnt fades quick, um, but all the interesting things are sort of well balanced in the beginning, and then they all kind of leave, mm. okay. and you're left with a like I said, a, a sweet kind of malty finish, and that's like still about thirty seconds long, but it's not. None, it's not the interesting part of the flavor. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, it's like disappointing that way because it's like, oh, this is so well balanced. I wonder <laughs> how it will. Oh, it all just goes away. But I'm also the guy who's like, I love the taste curve. I love when things take their turns. And this is just not. They, it's clearly a beer that's not designed to do that. It's yeah. like a beer designed to be like, here's our really cool, well balanced taste. Here's our finish. I, I, I think that's um, one of the best things ways of describing a beer it's like yes you're taking me on that journey but i prefer this part of the journey and you just skipped up mm. you skipped over disneyland and now we're on the drive back home yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> i think that's a brilliant way of surmising them you know we arrived did a circle around the car park and gone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is you can see it through the window yeah because I, I feel that with so many beers and I've just never been able to put in that such a succinct way and just perfectly encapsulates my feeling about the beer. So Nice. Well done. Well done, sir. It's as, almost Excellent. as good as your IPA-ness. <laughs> I'd like to think of it as our ip <laughs> <laughs> You know, the anus we share. Mm, the collective tank-type IPA-ness. <laughs> I guess we could call it a weepy anus. Oh, let's move on. <laughs> um, we'll jump back in. Speaking of lingering finishes, <laughs> uh, uh, Adam, saying I'm sorry. overstayed my welcome. God, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this would happen. <laughs> Not at all. Oh dear. But be concise now. In <laughs> yeah. Rounding out all of your chat about uh, Elite Dangerous. Odyssey. Uh, Elite Dangerous and Elite Dangerous Odyssey. Yeah. 
You'll have to come on again to talk more about it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep playing more about it because I do want to write something down about about Mm -hmm. it, even though I've encountered this difficulty in trying to work out the right kind of angle to take on it. Because and I thought about you know I don't want to give it too much stick because these are things that a lot of them kind of bugs and things they will iron out a lot of the problems just over the next few months and um, Mm -hmm. however long it happens to take Uh, because they do continue to develop on the game they are going to fix all that so the fact that it's a bit rough now doesn't necessarily mean that you know it's not going to be worth playing a little bit further down the line but also I don't want to let my my kind of fondness for them let me give them too much slack that I don't give them the the push they need to keep improving it because it still needs a wee bit of that no a bit a bit more An- another five minutes in the oven <laughs> you know it's that it's in that kind of place it's like you could eat it now but it'll be better if you put it back in for another five <laughs> minutes just just to give it that nice crisp finish you know what we call that, uh, uh, Adam, sorry, is a measured approach, which not a lot of gamers have. <laughs> yeah, like, which is what the Steam reviews, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Lack. Suck. Lack. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, 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 the Steam reviews don't have that. That doesn't yeah. exist in those, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it turned out, be the, one of the things that Odyssey, again, going back to comparing it with Star Citizen, is... Odyssey brings out in Elite some of the kind of worst comparisons to Star Citizen's experience Mm -hmm. and highlighting a very clear distinction between the two because Elite is, as we've talked about, you know, this massive, you know, Milky Way level uh, thing. But when you click the button to disembark your ship, your character goes and then the screen fades to black and then you, it fades back in and you're outside the ship. Right, where Star Citizen go, yeah. yeah, and it, it has very, that very like, disjointed feel. So you, if you're in a station, you know you you you're outside the ship in the kind of hangar bay. Your ship's there. You can look at it, and then you walk up. You get in the elevator. That's another wee loading screen, and then yeah. the doors yeah. open, and you're in the the area where you can go buy some stuff or pick up some missions or go but to the kind of It's like playing thing. a Resident Evil game where there's a loading screen every door <laughs> yeah. you walk. It, it, fe- yeah. it feels very disjointed because games spend a lot of time now in particular and, and especially like on the cusp of the with the SSDs and the PS5 yeah. and all that. We're trying yeah. to escape all that. The, kind of, the future of games is that seamless transition where if there is a loading screen it loads... Mm-hmm. like that and you mess well, it well they mask it they mask that yeah. screen they, even yeah. like elevator and like mass effects yeah like mm. which is what that is that is masking it it's a very good in-universe way of doing that but mm-hmm. I also know it's doing that <laughs> yeah. whereas yeah. we're trying to escape that kind of thing and one of the things that Star Citizen does do very well even in it's kind of extremely boggy alpha state that it's in <laughs> um, is the you can when you want to leave the ship you get up and you can walk around inside the ship there's lockers to yeah. put things in and then you can go out outside the ship that but, way and all that it's this much more seamless kind of transition between all those things yeah but like warframe except warframe doesn't have the space come like the flying is instantaneous you go to a yeah. place but then you yeah. walk around on your ship and then you drop ship and then hit the loading screen to drop down yeah. i mean the 
the the thing here is like the people want the every game. Yeah. <laughs> They want Star Wars Squadrons plus the Old Republic. Yeah. Knights of the Old Republic plus Star Wars the Old Republic, the MMO. Yeah. Uh, and and they also want it all to look like whatever the last Star Wars lightsaber game was uh, when you're on a planet. Yeah, Fallen Order. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad think... you brought up Warframe because like, that seems like a very good analog as well. But I cannot speak to that game. Yeah, I, I, oh, I fucking love Warframe. I, I wish I had people to play it with. I haven't played it myself. But it's yeah. it's and and they've they've put in some like shippy combaty things. They've put in some more yeah. multiplayer things, and they they've they're like doing the same thing that Elite's yeah. doing, just from the other direction. Yeah, right? it seems so like it's like, gone on that building out the way into yeah. the other stuff. And, yeah, and I think the way that, that because so from day one they had a ship that you were on that you could walk around. And then as you leveled up, you unlocked parts of the ship. Uh, yeah. You had a sense of, when I'm in space, I'm in this place. Yeah. And then, But almost all your missions are... Well, no, all, all your actual game actions, like outside of upgrading, are push a button, loading screen, go to a new place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. this is my fight. Move. <laughs> um, but, like, they, they get away with not having space battles and stuff because they gave you a space hub that is your ship. Yeah. Right? Like... Yeah. While Elite sort of, there is no hub except travel. Yeah. Like where you are in. They give you a good sense of being in the ship, like before before Odyssey comes along. But it's very difficult, really, to get a sense of the scale and the size of them until you can move. Yeah, until you can get out of it and look at it and stand next to it on a planet and go, "Fucking hell, it's absolutely huge." And the, the differences between the ships, and you get a little bit of a sense of that from obviously encountering the other ships in space, and you're fighting them, and you're flying past them, and all the rest of it. You get a bit of a sense of it, you know, and seeing. But there's there's no way of doing that that gives you that same kind of visceral reaction as yeah. standing underneath it and going, okay, yeah, <laughs> this is what I fly about in. Okay, <laughs> um, so, so so Adam, as a massive fan of the game. Is that what you wanted, and or do you think it's like you'd rather see this developer like stick with what they know, and maybe even release a new game, or do you want to see them continue along this path, give them the birth to experiment, yeah. even if it goes wrong? Is this what you wanted? Like, you know, a lot of the other people, fans, and everything. Obviously, that's what they wanted, and they're yeah. voicing their opinion, but. Uh, yeah, I think it, it is, but mm -hmm. it feels a little too thin again. And yeah. that is one of the problems that crops up with this thing is because there is so much to the game they add a lot when they do these things. And I think I would have preferred them not to bother with the shooting yes. element yeah, yeah. Okay. and mm -hmm. deal with purely... Which makes having walking about on planets difficult uh, without having that because combat is such an integral element of what makes Elite what it is. But you could have started... The fact that it's dangerous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could have started with getting out of the ship in the stations, walking around the hangar, go going yeah, into so that the was stations what I was to thinking. pick up the missions and all that, and mm. building that into a really full and engaging experience that's just a little add-on to 
you know what comes before and then yeah. branch that out into and now you can walk on planets and now you can shoot at one another and now yeah and and uh, build it that way whereas i think they've gone for again probably a bit of a pressure of this is a paid expansion it has to have mm, enough stuff yeah. in it yeah to be interesting to people and to hopefully bring more people into playing the game and all the rest of it and to market yeah. well so it has to have being on the planets and doing the shooting because explaining to players yeah yeah on the planet you can get out of your ship into your vehicle your srv and drive that about but you can't get out of that why uh, because we haven't added that yet <laughs> Because yeah. we don't, we haven't yeah. built the shooting stuff for it yet. But you can get out of your ship and walk around it at the station, but not on the planet. And mm. there's that, and I can see why they end out in the place that they do with all of these competing expectations and pulls on what they want yeah. to achieve. That they end out in this. Well, this is as thin as we can stretch. So <laughs> th- this is going to be how it goes. Yeah. Um, it sounds like massive, like feature creep, not by the hands of like. The, the community asking for that stuff necessarily, but yeah. as you say, what the developers want to achieve. Yeah. But that seems uh, like very long term plans rather than just one expansion. Yeah. That, that adds first person shooting and everything else yeah. like that, and so many different economies and systems. Yeah. Seems like they could have added one thing. Maybe not for free, maybe if people paid for that, you know? And I yeah. think. The community but, may have been responsive to that, yeah, like put pay for it mm. in five pound chunks mm. instead of a forty yeah. pound or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it seems but, misjudged. Yeah, and I think this is what feeds into the frustration is adding the this in the way they have. Players see the gaps where they want the mm-hmm. extra thing that makes the game feel more full to them. So a good example of that is being in the stations. I want. I don't want to mm. just be able to be outside the ship or inside the ship. I want to walk through my ship and get out of it yeah as part of the experience because i don't load into my ship and then go i'm leaving the station and load outside the station <laughs> yeah. i physically fly my ship out of the mm. station through the letterbox slot yeah and i physically fly my ship into land and that's where this the i think that's where a lot of the frustration feeds in because every single elite dangerous player has their thing that they prefer and so yeah. you come up against like these uh, limitations of what they've added, and you can see the gaps where, well, this is the bit that I want you to fill. I want that to feel more streamlined. I want that to feel like a continuous experience. And that is where you get frustrated, because why did you spend all this time adding in yes. alien plants to these planets that I'll never visit? To instead of doing this thing that I link because that's what I do in the game, <laughs> even though thousands of other players love the fact that there's mm-hmm. all this exobiology and barely set foot in the station as mm. it is, never mind you know anything else. Uh, and that's again where the, the comparison with Star Citizen comes in because they have that very unified experience on that level, but they have. In the alpha, at least, they have a couple of planets in one star system. You know, and I think there's the the plan for the game when it eventually releases is that there'll be a few star systems with quite a few planets in them, but nothing on the scale mm. that yeah. that yeah, Odyssey. The elements of Odyssey have these problems, but it's bolted onto this massive game 
that still yeah. works and mm. oh, in that way and in that regard Odyssey as far as I can tell hasn't introduced very many problems into the rest of the game in terms of adding this system's broken this system over here yeah or that this yeah. gameplay element doesn't work because it's interfering with that thing over there which is um, honestly what I thought with like the negative backlash yeah. was it was it like Warcraft 3 that they they, they re-released and it's like they couldn't you know legacy players couldn't go back to the how they used to play, and it's like th- this is yeah. usurped and taken over, and you know, retconned yeah. everything else. Because uh, they get rid of like the actual, case. yeah, because they get rid of the actual thing that used to be there, didn't they? And yeah, kind of overlaid it with their the new version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas this is um, different. It's like yeah, it, these are a, optional, it, quite quite optional. Yeah, mm. because if you don't buy Odyssey, you can still play everything mm-hmm. outside of that. Uh, you can still play all the Horizons elements and all the stuff that came before. Uh, yeah, they, in, in that way, as of in a literal sense, an expansion of the game, it's the expansion of the gameplay options that you have available to you. Because you could spend another 5,000 hours playing this game and not touch a single element of Odyssey <laughs> if you wanted. Mm. If, it, if it's not the sort of thing that drew you in, that you know you end up... Because this is why I end up playing like three weeks solid of Elite and doing very little else and losing a lot of sleep. It's because <laughs> it draws you into this constant, oh, I want to do this thing, or I'll just do that, or mm. or I want to go buy this ship, but I need to make some more money. So I'll do a mining run, and then a mining run turns into five mining runs, and each mining run takes all evening, sometimes longer than that, depending on how big my ship is and all this sort of stuff. And you, and you end out in it, oh, and while I'm here, I'm pick up some missions, so now I need to mine this specific thing that I don't come across as often, but if I'm doing lots of mining runs, I'll come across enough of it eventually. So I'll just keep doing that, and then, oh, there's five more of these missions, this'll be fine, it'll be fine, and then you end out in a, <laughs> and you end out in a spiral of suddenly I've got all this stuff that I'm doing, and I'm doing all this, and they go, what was I making money for again? Why did I start these mining runs? Uh... Oh, I don't want to do that anymore. I've decided I'm going to do this other thing, or your and then your friend joins you and he goes, "Let's go over this place and do some, you know, pirate hunting or combat mm. missions." Or there's a community goals that they add into the game every week and so on that give players the entire community goals to complete and things like that. And you end out in this huge, like, this huge spiral of stuff, and. I've played mm. a lot of the game without any of this other stuff, and you could still continue doing that even if you buy it and never touch it. You have to kind of seek it out in that regard, just as you do every element of the game. Because there's plenty of players who have never done any mining. Yeah. I've done loads of it, but there's plenty of players that have never done it. There's plenty of players that hate the combat. They just like mm. trucking about. You know, they just their interest is in getting as much cargo into their ship as possible and taking it to the next system or the next 10 and they get their satisfaction out of coming up with very profitable runs where they take tea from this system here over to that system where they sell it at a profit and then when they've done that they then buy you know uh, microprocessors from that system and then they take it to this system over here and they end out with this run where they make loads and loads of money just going and you can start with yeah. I bought two of this, I've sold them and, you know, all the way around to I've bought 900 of these and taken it to here, you know, 
and people play the game is in that regard and don't do combat. Mm. And they don't do the other stuff, and some people it's... just play the missions. And you know, you, there's all these things that come into it in that way. It's super um, interesting that it has that variety to it as well. That it allows people to kind of delve into it. It's not, hey, you've got to do a little bit of this, and you've got to do a little bit of this, and you've got to do a little bit of this. It is kind of a we have this system, and you can yeah. kind of play your own way around it. We we have all of the things here for you. Just just do what you want, essentially, within the confines of the system that we have. Yeah, uh, they have a quite literally a galaxy's worth of options, mm. and there is nothing else like it in that regard. Mm. There's nothing else that does anything we're close to. It. Even Star Citizen that has so many similarities doesn't come close. It's nowhere close to the level of this. It's a bit more detailed within and handcrafted within the systems that it's got because, you know, on this scale, obviously, a lot of the procedural generation and things that have to go into it. But, again, as much as using hard sci-fi creates problems, it also solves a lot of problems because you don't need to worry about making interesting stuff. Because if you feed realistic astronomical data into it, interesting stuff happens. (laughs) Mm. There's black holes, there's... Uh, neutron stars, you know, there's nebula, there's all, there's, you know, systems uh, with two stars orbiting one another, there's systems with interesting planets, there's systems with all sorts of colours on them, there's, you know, there's one system, there's systems that you can go to where the orbital period of one of the planets or one of the moons is something like one minute, 20 seconds, and so you can sit in, in the... Yeah, in the, that system and watch it go wee wee, wee <laughs> round and round the, the you know the planet it's next to. Have you, know, you played and, the, the Outer Wilds? I think you'd love that game. I have not. That's the RPG that's sort of. Uh, uh no, fought, that's no. the Outer Worlds. No. Oh, God, I always get that mixed up. <laughs> yeah. I do too. I actually was like, I know he's wrong because I was gonna say that one. If I was gonna say that one, it's the other yeah. one. I think you, I think you love the Outer Wilds. It's very condensed, kind of like very. Yeah. Everything you've talked about with Elite Dangerous, like the the fact that it's based on you know the story, story quote unquote story, like information based on this old alien yeah. race and stuff like that. that that is the outer wilds and just like yeah the, the physics system around it based on like well not real world because if this is you know elite dangerous is literally an ersatz version of like the milky way yeah this is a fictional world but it has that kind of physics simulation of like gravity and i think yeah. you'd love that game no, and it's, I, you I don't need to, need to spend a thousand hours <laughs> completing. Uh, it Try it out. With, does it come with mm. different ships? How much are they? Just the same <laughs> ship. <laughs> the same ship. But I, I yeah. it's obviously not to the the extent of like and the depth as um, uh, Elite Dangerous, but yeah. it sounds like something you might dig. I think mm. you, yeah. you will really uh, like it. I think I will. I need to pick it mm. up. Um, yeah, so for for Elite. I think that is part of that's kind of the summary of it. It's it is so broad, and that just and ne- that ne- necessitates in some places it's not as deep as it should be. Yeah. Sure. And some of the things just don't mm. have that connection that they they should have. Mm. But also, 
because I can see those places where they can add to it still, and they can mm-hmm. keep going. I want to see them go there. Mm. Yeah, it's absolutely. just gonna. It's just unfortunate that it's gonna take you know twenty five years <laughs> for it to be finished. And by that time, of- someone might have actually got out to about fifty percent of you know into the galaxy or something uh, into the Milky Way. So. Uh no, they have they no. they won't. Fifty percent of the galaxy is so big. No. I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's a bit like No Man's Sky, and uh, No Man's Sky engenders all these. Like, there's a competition of like sci-fi world size yeah. that No Man's Sky gets you into the core via cheats, essentially, right? Like, the what what makes Elite Dangerous really interesting is they have faster than life tra- travel, but not by much, and so it's still slow. Yeah. While No Man's Sky is basically, once you understand the mechanics of the game, it's going to funnel you towards the center, which is really odd to me because they've procedurally generated a huge universe that they basically don't want you in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that's another story. I mean, uh, yeah. Last question for you, Adam. Um, Pie in the Sky... If you could just like click a button and be like, Elite Dangerous is now this. One feature can be as wide as you want. One, like, if, if, uh. if it's first person shooting, but fine, that's fine. If it's like populated planets, that's fine too. I'm just curious what, like, you like this game, but you do ebb and flow with it. So I'm curious what would um, make you stop drifting and like just consume you in the way that like is dangerous. I think. Probably the thing that it needs for me is um, to to cover over that, to, to take that last step is to have a bit more clear goals at the end, because what mm. once you reach a certain point uh, where you've made a lot of credits and all the rest of it, and you're not scrambling to upgrade, you get to the point where you get to the the kind of either you buy the best ship for the thing that you're wanting, and you've got fleets of them. So I've got a combat ship and I've got, you know, like my cargo ship that I'll use for hauling about lots of stuff. And I've got my kind of all-purpose ships and I've got a explorer ship that I've made so that my jump range between systems is as big as it can be so I can travel the furthest. Um, you know, and all that kind of thing. And so on that level, I don't think they've done enough adding, you know, more things for me to go, I want to get that. There's all these activities to do, and the reward you get for those activities is credits, reputation, influence for the faction, if you like the faction. Eh, I mean, it doesn't matter if you like the faction. If you do missions for them, they get more influence, which influences the the background simulation stuff. Uh, And materials, which you use for Mm. engineering. And it's an incredibly grindy game, even... Now, with all the quality of life improvements, changes that have been made since when I started, it's a lot easier to get up to a good level than it was. It was very difficult before. It's mm-hmm. uh, But they, then, they, what do you do once you're there? Yeah, there is a lot of grinding, and some of the grinds feel too long for what you get at the end of them. Like, there's some ships that I'll probably never get, because they're locked behind uh, faction reputation. You have to rank up to the right level with them. Because there's three big uh, powers in the game. There's the Federation, the Empire, and the Alliance. 
and uh, the fit. Really? Sorry. Yeah. I mean, like... I know you like this game, but yeah. really, those yeah. are the three fucking <laughs> sci-fi. <laughs> exactly. I was about to a say... six-year-old could have told you those were going to be the it three the fucking sci-fi things. It was the 80s when they came up with those. Uh, <laughs> I was yeah. about to say. Oh, for... you, know, you are right. I forgot that this is yeah. technically in the same universe as yeah. before. The but they couldn't have like, put qualifiers. Even Star Wars called it the Rebel, the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> I know, I know. But so it's like it's literally <laughs> Star Wars track <laughs> <laughs> to a certain extent, yeah. But so the the Federation and uh, the Empire have uh, ships that are sp- English speaking people. <laughs> that is yeah, probably I, like the most shallowest part of the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm being <laughs> no, no. I was I'm being the punchy because I've had a lot of a lot of beer. <laughs> I was yeah. thinking the same thing. I was like, yeah, uh, I could have you know pulled those three names out of <laughs> my. Uneducated yeah. ass as well. I think you mean your IP. There's specific ships that you can get that are linked to both of those factions. You have to rank up with them. And the way you rank up is by doing missions for minor factions that are affiliated with one of the big ones. And so every time okay. you do a mission, you get a little bit more. And then when you get to the end of that, you get a kind of rank up mission. And so you have to do that. And that takes a hell of a long time mm. and every time that someone finds a way that that becomes a bit easier they nerf it <laughs> and take it out of the game because <laughs> the, there was there's, there's been stuff that it becomes like all anyone talks about that's linked to elite that plays regularly is if you go to this system become allied with this particular faction there <laughs> and go to this station they will give you like reams and reams and reams of these very very easy to complete missions that makes grinding out getting your rank up so much quicker or other ones was if you go to this place you can sell this particular item for ridiculous amount of money and make loads of money very quickly and all that and obviously they they patch those things out every time they come across them when they work out how you know because obviously they see that as well there's some element of the you know the simulation of the system that's not working correctly that it's pushing it to go why are they buying gold for 58 million fucking credits instead of <laughs> the 50,000 that it normally goes for, you know, and that sort of thing. So, what I'm going from this conversation is that it's just a full on life sim, and it's yeah. like people it, want this to go in, like, it, okay, it's, a, it's as close as any how, of us will ever yeah. come to living in the year 33,000 yeah. I, I, I or whatever it was. Picture Three, this 3,307. Like, yeah. yeah. I didn't picture this from like, as you say, such a small developer, and like, I I didn't picture this from this game. Yeah. Like, it is mm, just yeah. like, it, I see why it's like not exactly The Sims because it's like that that will <laughs> keep going and going. But yeah. this is like, sort of a microcosm of like uh, where we see life going. It's like as you, uh, as a deal says, like Star Trek. <laughs> it's like uh, living Star Trek War. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's it's fascinating. Absolutely. I, I think that's a good place for us to finish out uh, this yeah. week. I know there's, there's tons more <laughs> that we can get into. Absolutely. I did warn you yeah. that that's what was happening. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. I came on here to hear about Elite Dangerous. And we've I'm done not that. leaving. And we've ragged on... Unsatisfied. <laughs> exactly, that is the word. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm good. leaving very satisfied. I hope everyone is, is satisfied. Good, good. I know, Adol, you uh, you 
put in the the chat um, the episode title has got to be Elite IP Anus. I had written down Adam's <laughs> Elite Takeover uh, because it just expanded and expanded and expanded yeah. through the entire. I, 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 I feel like my title explains that that Adam's <laughs> initial topic took over. <laughs> it does. It does very well. Um, we I, I alluded to it at the top of the show um, that I had a um, quite a heavy topic to uh to get into and maybe it's yeah, something yeah, that yeah. we will... i'm glad you're actually getting to it i was about to say ben before you wrap up the show no i can't, I can't. someone ben's else has to have I'm, a I'm topic and you mentioned yours i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap up ben is, uh, but i will say he's, he's definitely wrapping up <laughs> i will say everyone should um drop on over either to instagram or to twitter and read through um uh the account british beer girl um siobhan she is currently collating and collecting Lots of different stories of um, not just women, but people in the beer industry who have experienced very, very shitty work environments, whether it's been misogynistic, um, uh, racist or toxic kind of things. Um, And there's lots of breweries who are being shouted out, called out. And we've just had, and and again, we were, I was going to discuss, we've just had all of the Quantic Dream. uh, 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 lawsuit kind of thing come out and how shitty they are and go into a whole thing about shitty workplaces. But we won't talk about that now. All I will say is um, go to British Beer so Girl. Sorry. That's fine. It's fine. We'll get to this. It's an important, it's an important topic and, I, and we will come back to it at some point. Um, but go to British Beer Girl on Instagram or on Twitter. Have a look and read through what people are saying. But also she's now been hit with some lawsuits because people aren't very happy that they're being called out on their shit um so she currently also has a crowdfunder going which has far exceeded so far the um the limit she's put on it for uh for legal aid to help her um to be able to actually fight all of this so if anyone has some spare change see what you can do to help out as well because it's a very important thing for yeah. her to you know to stick her head up and yeah, collate absolutely. all of this and, and put herself out there so and it, yeah. it's come from uh, and I can't remember and I couldn't find quickly the other account um, that uh, preceded this that up from, from from the, the US. US yes um so they had it uh, I follow them I just yes yeah I, I haven't I haven't been on Instagram for ages um, but I went on the other day, saw that uh, Siobhan had posted some more things, so read more into it. And I think it's the idea that the more people who are coming forward, the um, the safer the people feel. So yeah. when people yeah. had shared their stories previously, they had said, I don't want you to say who this is. Whereas now they've come yeah. back and said, I feel more comfortable and safer now hearing other people's experiences within the industry for you to put out who this person or who this company brewery yeah. that I worked for was to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we can yeah, I, of course. Go. Sorry. I just, uh, on Instagram, uh, you can also follow at rat magnet, R I T M A G N E T rat magnet. Brienne is the, is the American Instagrammer who started posting the anonymous stories mm-hmm. that really called out, not just, um, like, craft brewers but like so not just management but also brewers also toxic places to work which people then ended up being like 
brew pubs, yeah, bars. some restaurants, yeah. etc. Um, so it really became a, hey, in the craft beer industry, start to finish, it's a toxic culture. And, and there's like, and then there's people attesting to like, I did all this work, I did all this training, I was a brewer, I was, people loved my beers, and I left the industry five years ago, you know, these types of stories. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we're not going to cover all those things mm -hmm. today. But I think between the two, uh, so the difference is that Rat Magnet has a bunch of, you know, on Instagram, you can have like, your stories like cataloged yes. or whatever and archived. So she basically just has sexism's parts one through nine, ten. So you can actually go through and just, and I think it's really important for you consume craft beer to just take the time to find out what the industry is like. And and so that so there's Absolutely. an American side one and British beer beer girl is a British side one. Uh, and I I and again like British beer girl also has like sexism and beer a couple of those Instagram archives. Yeah of her posts. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really important because like we know beer here very well, but like I don't see the back room of any of these breweries. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've seen the literal back room <laughs> of a bunch of these breweries, <laughs> but, but we don't know how people are being yeah. treated and it's very easy to assume yeah, absolutely. that it's going well, but we do know that this is just, first of all, these countries aren't great. Resexism, beer especially. We we usually like in here on Tanked Up. We end up seeing a lot of bad ad campaigns, and sometimes they're indies. Often they're not, mm -hmm. and that I think has given shelter to indie companies where it's like, as long as their advertising isn't sexist, no one's going to call us out because Carlsberg's down the road being sexist as shit up front, yeah. and I'll probably be behind the scenes, but like. Look, you can make the best beer in the world. If I find out that you are a shithead, guess what? Your beer's never that great because the marginal difference isn't that Absolutely, big. Yeah. And I think it's really important that people are calling this out because we now have access to way more breweries just because of manufacturing, mm -hmm. post, etc. Like yeah. we just you have choice. I, I get I get to see more beers than ever can, and even if it's like. Even if all the Bristol breweries turned out to be crap, this is not me saying they are, right? But I'm just saying, if that was the case, I could still have two new beers a week easily, plus whatever I do in my personal life for the mm -hmm. podcast. Like, I could easily do yeah. that. And so, if you, if you love this beer and you find out they're crap, really question think yeah. about Go ahead, why, like, how good yeah. it is. And, and, think. Yeah. and push back, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, like, say, hey, uh, so I think the yeah sorry the thing I wanted to end which is if you find out these stories mm -hmm. one maybe stop supporting that brewery but two which I think is more important is if you stop supporting that brewery you say to them like go Tell the extra them. mile Absolutely. and say I like your beers but I don't support the way you treat your brewers staff etc clients etc like just say it there's plenty of form letters on the internet as well if you want to not if you're not sure how to say it but also maybe we can write something up because hmm. i actually think this is super important uh, yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely I, I, is. like i'd be remiss as you know the person who's also of color but also a woman in who likes craft beer that this is one of the like most accepting in you know communities that i've been part of you know also down to you two 
obviously Adam, you you're fantastic as well. I don't know why. But you it's got like that impression. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's but it's it's clear that we have still some room to grow, and you know, like I stick out like a sore thumb, whichever tap room I go to, and that's the case in you know most places in in real life. Like Birmingham is very much a multicultural microcosm of the UK. It's not like that everywhere else. Yeah. So you know, if I went to a tap room in, I don't know, Cambridge or, you know, Barcelona or who you know, places that we talk about recently, it doesn't matter and it's like I think making those places accessible for people of all creeds, colours, races, sexualities, you know, that comes from the people who own that place. And mm. if they're being shitty from the base in like we see that in terms of like oh as you say Carlsberg then you know these very sexist ads and stuff like that we've seen that in terms of like microbreweries or quote-unquote microbreweries we've seen that brew dog if that is not there on the base level it's gonna transmit into the sort of clientele you have the sort of beers that you make the sort of image that you you know products so it's like Yes, I, I I fully agree with you, Ben. Putting your head above the parapet and stuff like this, it's it's commendable of her, and it's yeah. like there's going to be so many industries with this quote unquote Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's going to be so many industries, and be well, hopefully the beer is not going to be like yeah. Hopefully beer is not going to be the the worst one that there is because you know in, in terms of my experience, I've only found. People who were like, you know, very accepting. Even, even like the microaggressions. It's like, okay, do you know about beer? Where did you come from? It's, it's still very accepting, mm. and people might treat that on the same level as anything. But from my experience, it's, it, there are very two different, you know, levels towards complete hostility, which I found in some like pubs that I've been to, I won't mention them because it probably wasn't their fault, it was their clientele's fault mm. it, th there's certainly a different level mm -hmm. and and I think as long as the people who own those spaces and, you know who brew the beer like have that kind of level of understanding, like everyone's welcome here I think that will, you know just transmit it, through. it, will, it, will, it will go out it's mm. like roots of a tree it will, it will filter out towards the rest of the industry so mm. um good for her I, I followed on twitter and instagram like good for her you know support her it's not just her you know mm -hmm. no um i saw um the craft beer channel put out a video um i think it was i think uh the base conversation was about cloud water going into you know, like Tesco and stuff like right. that. But they were saying, yeah, they're still supporting these very niche um, indie brewers who are have people from you know different backgrounds and sexualities and stuff like that. And it was a really you know enlightening and welcome topic of conversation. It's like these two white dudes who fit into the very you know sadly mold. <laughs> that we we put you know people into like yeah beard <laughs> I'm looking at your beard Adam yeah. your beard then and you Adil <laughs> you know here suit men white men usually yeah. it's like they're talking about let's make these spaces more more welcoming mm -hmm. it's like 
I have a job to do that as well because it's, it's like I go to these craft brew places and I know them and I know the people there, but I have to also make that place welcoming for other people. Mm, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. you know, we all have to do that. Yeah, I think that's why when people do come forward, it's important to spend a bit of time reading them. Yes. Seeing what they're saying, particularly when a lot of them come forward. And, you know, because you're not going to be able to read every story and everyone has to protect themselves in the only way that you can only handle so much of some of these things particularly mm. when mm-hmm. they are heavy but it is important and incumbent on us all to particularly people who look like me as we talked about that fall into the <laughs> not usually affected by these directly category and is very often perpetrating them to look at why what happened who it's happening to and to try and take in those stories and that yeah, it comes down to the the part where, yeah, the ones that get called out, you try not to buy their stuff if that's how it's going. If they're doubling down, you tell them that you're not engaging with their with their things until they clean up their act. And also, I spend a lot of time thinking about my own behaviours and all the rest of it, and mm. thinking about how, as you said, making places more welcoming. How can I do that? And how can I stop myself falling into the pitfalls of accidentally doing that or not realizing i'm doing it because absolutely it's very easy to well i'm just fitting in with the vibe of the place that i'm in and not taking the step outside the door and thinking if i was coming into this fresh how would i feel and Mm. then doing that if i didn't look like i do how would i feel and all that and you don't get that perspective on it which sometimes you need unfortunately people to come forward with Absolutely. their own terrible experiences yeah. that they've had to yeah. give you that yeah just just bear that in mind that just because the vibe in the place isn't good for you doesn't mean that that's the best it can be or that's the way it should be mm. exactly yeah. nice yeah. good a, a good note to finish on excellent uh, i'm glad we spent 10 minutes there just to uh, just to run through that thank you everybody um let's quickly round out our beers then for me it's a very easy one this week i'll just jump straight in it's the pocket rocket for me um the stout is the stout is nice but i'm gonna reach that pocket rocket almost every time i, I mean, go to the shop i was just saying so literally haven't have had the pocket rocket haven't had the the stout and that's like i said before I know Arbor so well that I could be almost guaranteed that that was yeah. going to be the better beer, which is why I've never had the yeah. stout. But I will have the stout based on uh, your your review of it because yeah, it just a little good. Sunday evening, just uh, a little beer if you want one. Just yeah, yeah. grab that. Nice, uh, Lucy. We'll jump to you uh, as you kicked us off with the yeah. Brew York and the Equilibrium. Yeah, it it's pretty much of a no brainer as well for me, Ben. Like, mm. I love Brew York. I love everything they do. As I say, high praise. Think they make best stouts this side of wherever in the in the UK yeah. you know <laughs> like I'm thinking like a Munson you know mm. like probably like anywhere in Scandinavia they make amazing stouts but yeah it, it's become a cliche now it's got to go to the New York brewery um <laughs> equilibrium uh, the, they, they definitely seem like they might be your fave <sighs> they have this been year. this year and it, it seems like I have no budget for whatever they're selling. I will buy it at this point, which is a dangerous precedent to uh, set. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's it, a lot of their beers like have that same kind of feel for me, but it doesn't make them any less 
mm. fantastic. Um, I've I've come on here and said like, oh yeah, very soft, very good water quality and fruity, punchy, you know, bit of pininess, but it doesn't. It, it just means that they're all fantastic and nice. Maybe they're using the same recipe for every beer, and I've just fallen for it. <laughs> <laughs> just put a new name on it every week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Malibu Stacy hat. She's got a new hat now. But she's got a new hat. Um, yeah. uh, Adel, we'll jump to you um, for the siren or the little critters. Yeah, so I like them both. Uh, basically, it comes down to how I like my beers, mm-hmm. and I know it's it's. They're both very similar in quality, uh, but ultimately, I do like that taste curve, that journey, that uh, that um, feeling different tastes, ebb and flow. Um, something's getting stronger, and then the finish being kind of different from from everything else. And they both kind of did that, but the King Crow, what it left me with was interesting, and it was nice. Um, I liked it. But ultimately, uh, if they'd spaced out those... So it's such a good, well-balanced Imperial Espresso Stout with the coffee, with the stout, etc. But it was so well-balanced, and then it was, and now we're in the finish. And if it had, like, that well-balanced sort of had a bit more going on, such that I have the sip, I'm tasting these things, I'm now noticing... Like, if I, like basically, the problem is why I like the sort of more curvy drinks like the scattered light which which sort of had much more of a and now we're having this more citrusy note we're having these roasted car- these the, these multi notes are sticking around now that the sweetness is not totally in the forefront those types of things is because when i'm not on a podcast tasting beer i'm not going to notice yeah. that balance mm. nearly as much sure. and so what i like about why i really go off to, after those k- taste curve beers is because i went out the pub when i'm at the you know, or whatever, having the drink generally, um, if you give me them a little more separate, I'll notice them nine times out of ten. While I feel like if I was like at the pub and was having a pint of the King Crow, I'd be like, wow, this is pretty good. And then I would just keep drinking it pretty quickly because I'm at the pub hanging out with my friends, also especially nowadays because... Boy, is that novel, and that makes me drink mm. quicker. Turns mm-hmm. out, <laughs> other stories to be said later. Um, but like, and so I, I feel like if I'm not sort of tasting a beer or on this podcast, I'm gonna lose a lot of what's really interesting about the King Crow just because of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I'm gonna give it to the Scattered Light by mm-hmm. Siren just because it's a little more universal. It's also just basically more to my taste. I like that slight that that separation, but also not direct like i like the fact that a beer can move between these moments of its taste and the king crow was very much more of a wow we've got a really well-balanced beer oh now it's the finish nice Mm. nice so they're both really good good Good. okay i like your uh reasoning Mm. perfect even i understood that (laughs) 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 good excellent Good. So, if you, dear listener, viewer, want to chat to us about the beers you've been drinking, the games you've been playing, or anything else, you can do so in lots of different ways. At Tanked Up Cast on the socials, I'm at Nova underscore 47. Adel is at The Omniarch. Lucy is Juicy Loose 9. Adam, if people want to chat to you, where do they go? How do they do it? Where can they see your stuff? So, I am at, at Snick. That's A P T Snick on 
uh, Twitter and Instagram and Twitch and everything. And I also write stuff for mm. Out of Lives when I can work out how. And on my, <laughs> on my own site, uh, rattleon.co.uk, where I do kind of like short stories and some different stuff. I've been working on a, like, a treatment or an outline for how I would make the live-action Gundam film. There's mm. two acts out oh, so wow. far. And I'm, wor- I'm working on <laughs> nice. the kind of finale for that just now. Um, that will hopefully go up in the next week or two. Um, uh, so yeah, you can check that out there. Nice. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no, thank you very um, much hijacked, for coming on. I, Always a like pleasure. Like a true pirate, I hijacked all of this. <laughs> no, you don't come on. Uh, it was great. Know, you know? And, it's, and it's been oh, six, seven months, eight Elite nine Dangerous months. is perfect for this podcast because you can buy beers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? You can buy I'm one playing. ton. I'm downloading Does that make it you fly right a little now. wonky? Or? No, you can buy a ton of beer or multiples of one ton oh, of beer for cargo yeah. and transport it elsewhere, but it's in the game. Uh, <laughs> where do I buy this game and how much is it? You can buy it on Steam. Steam. I have to say <laughs> that. One of my favorite things about video games is is how developers try and make being drunk a thing. Because <laughs> yeah. it's almost always Ooh. like increasing the walk ro- like roam yeah. and like bl- like adding more motion blur or or just blur in general. And you're like, yes, I've had. You've told me I've had two beers. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like. Have you been drunk? What? Fuck off, nerds. Get better at being drunk. What are you, five? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. So, everybody, also go to Atavalizer.net. As Adam said, there's lots of articles, other podcasts and things to listen to and read over there as well. Check us out if you are already on Twitch or if you haven't been there. Come and watch us live almost every Tuesday night. Also, you can go to the Atavalizer Network YouTube page to catch up, see our beautiful faces and the beers as well. That's everything. That's us. This is what we've done. This is who we are. (laughs) We've been tanked up. Bye. Beautiful face. You lot are fantastic. I enjoyed uh, recording with you. We love you too, Lucy. Um, Uh, I love you all. And also, ciao. www.outoflives.net